Welcome to Dual Win Games episode 19. Today on Table Talk, we discuss player interaction. We review Magna Storm and 1775 Rebellion, and we continue our trek through the top 250 games on Board Game Geek. We are your hosts. Yeah, Brian here. Michael. And Tim. Howdy, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hi. What's new? <laughs> That's a, just a general question to open it up. If you guys don't want to answer, you don't have to, I guess. I'll plead Ca- fifth on that one. Caught me off guard a little bit. I'm I'm sorry. It's okay. All right, good start here. I good, like really good start. We're yeah, yep, man. Yep. Oh, nice. It's gonna be a good episode. You I'm excited. Lot, you yeah. got a lot of editing to do already. <laughs> <laughs> it's all staying in. Oh, Sweet. I'm just gonna, gonna I'm love just it. gonna upload it raw. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. You guys got any new plays? At least, since you guys won't say hi to me. Well, I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Everyone just looks around at each other. Well, I uh, recently, Ryan, we played German railroads. Yep. So expansion to Russian railroads. Uh, we did that without just the new board, uh, without the coal. Yep, that's correct. Yeah, I love Russian railroads, and this was certainly a good. Uh, I like the new board. The thing I like the most is just the, you know, the you can choose your own ending to the board, basically. Yeah, there's one track, you can pick one little modular piece when you get arrived at that spot, and the other track, you can pick, there's two different pieces that you pick from, and they're all a little different layout, little different bonuses and things like that, so you can kind of formulate your strategy even more. And I really like that for the long-run replayability of it and whatnot. So are they like overlays that you put on the end of the tracks? Yep. Okay. Because it's empty, and then once you reach like space seven, you'll pick one of them that are left, and then the next person they'll pick one that's left. You know. So oh. They... And you can oh. kind of see you can see all of them that are out there, yeah. so you know what you could be going for. But of course, if someone gets there before you do, there's enough to choose from though. Okay. I like the little um, the round bonuses. That that was something new. The round bonuses yeah. where you can, you know, do this. You know, move up on any two tracks. Um, oh, the income markers, at, yeah. yeah. A certain point, instead of you know, it was tougher to get to the um, those those goal cards or whatever those. Yeah, were. those they made them a little bit. The bonus tokens they made them like one or two spots farther on a couple tracks. Make yeah, it just a tad harder. It'd be tougher to, to get to all of them. To get to four, like you could on some of those others, but you have those you know, yeah. bonuses you could use each round to kind of make it. So just a little, little bit different feel, um, and just keeps the like you said the replayability of it. You know, especially that, you know, since you have American Railroads 2 and then the base game and yeah. haven't even looked at the coal yet, so. Have you guys played American Railroads? Once, just, yeah, we did. Which yep. one do you prefer? I mean, I like I like German better just because it stays more true to Russian Railroads. It's just you pick your board instead of always having the same one. Oh, okay. Uh, but American's good, too. I like that as well. Yeah, it's, I thought, you know, when I was looking at it initially, I didn't think I would like it that much, but then we did that play, and I actually... Liked it more than I thought. I didn't think I'd like that stock market part to it. But yeah, but it's really just bonuses to move up. You know, yeah, it's the I didn't same mind thing. That, that at all. And I, yeah, yeah, I'd play any of them at all. They're all yeah. good. Which Correct. version do you prefer now? If I was going to play like experienced people, I would probably play German, but I would be fine with any of them. Okay. Yeah, I agree. As far as like 
for new people, I'd play Rush, regular Russian Railroad with them yeah. just for that. And then once you played that a few times, then like, all right, well, let's try something a little bit different. Same idea, but... I'd probably do German next to teach somebody just because it's the same thing, except for... Similar. Yeah, without the call. We haven't tried the call yet. Yeah, see how that Um, Something else me and Michael played was uh, a new one on the hotness right now, and that is City of the Big Shoulders. Okay. We uh, had a little preview at Origins with it. Yep, we're Mm -hmm. probably going to review it on the next episode. Mm -hmm. But yeah, what do you think, Michael? I I liked it quite a bit. I'm not sure if I'll like it after a couple more plays or not, but it wasn't bad. Um, It's not something I'd always want to play. So I liked the, uh, there's a worker placement phase of it, which is a little different for those stock market games. But I, I like that part of it. You're putting down like a, well, there's a worker placement phase. You're also putting down buildings. I like the buildings quite a bit that you're putting down. So it's a little different because if I put a building down, then, well, maybe the, if someone goes there, they'll, the company, so we each will have a company, maybe multiple companies that will have. So the company will play the individual who owns the board. So maybe if Ryan goes there, one of his companies will pay me actually. Or maybe, you know, it could be ones that you pay the bank. So there's different, you know, because you're owning, you own the companies, but also you have your player pool of, of money. That That's the end goal is you're trying to get as much money for you, you yourself. Yeah. So it's different, like, well, the player pays the bank or the bank play, pays the company or the company pays the bank. So there's different ways that it... Yeah, the only time you spend different your, interaction. your own money is in the stock phase when you're basically buying up stocks of companies. That's the only time you spend your money, yeah, which is what you're getting to win the company the or to get I like, a share. I like the... Uh, I don't want to give away too much, but a couple things I do enjoy are the... Everyone picks basically the buildings or the worker placement spots throughout the game. Each round, everyone's going to pick one, and that's a worker placement spot that's available. And each round, you do that. So that's cool. And then I like running the company. So basically, after that, there's the company phase, and they'll just buy up goods, they'll produce, and other sell all the goods and things like that. And but I enjoy that part of it too. That's kind of like a euro efficiency part of the game. But I don't want to say too much. So. Yeah, and there's some interesting decisions on it. We played a couple things maybe a little bit. Yeah, there was a couple things we played a tad wrong. It wasn't like anything major though when you No. But one of them was like I think we played it where I I like it more the way we actually played it, but play it the right <laughs> way once, you know, see if that's yeah. <laughs> before I make that final uh thoughts. I, I won't get into that too much, but okay. I gotta say I'm I'm interested to try it. Yeah, um, bring your calculator. I'll That's, say that. You yeah. you did text me that right away, yes. and that got me concerned. It's very math-heavy. A lot of, like, big numbers math. Like, oh, made you know, my company made $170, and divide that by, I have 30% of the company, so divide that by 3, and then multiply by, you know, so there's a lot of stuff. That yeah, you're, you're dividing by 10, and then yeah. depending on how time seen by how many shares you have. So it's not, like, terrible, but... Even says hey, in the back of the what's rule book. Thirty-seven times six. Like, well, you <laughs> you understand though, it's math heavy, and my brain's not math equipped. Yeah. So, so calculator. Yes. So I, I th- that I think it's going to annoy me. I. That's yeah, why I'm interested even, to try it. It was but even it's, more mathy than I wanted, and I'm like. Yeah, you're the math guy in our group. Yeah. Math. So, but even the designer, he had a 
thing in the back of the rule book saying, you know, don't be afraid to pull your calculator. I'm not like that big on math either. That, yeah. type, of, that type of thing. So, I, I get played it. And but I it's, didn't have yeah, to use the calculator, just, but like some of the things like 37 times six, like yeah. came up, I think it was like, Oh God, hold on. I worry that it might be too mad. <laughs> yeah. I though. predict you'll like yeah. about half the game. Okay. You like the worker placement stuff and maybe the running the company stuff. We'll see. Pick and choose. Played a few more times. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. So it sounds like you guys keep playing a lot of cool games without me. We yeah. played a cool one with you. But you guys did, yeah. And that was Form Trajana. Is that, did I say that right? Trajanum. Trajanum? Yep. I'm thinking that's up, but okay. I could be wrong. Too. I don't know for sure. but It's not any Gans Shans Cleaver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You'd have to listen back to see how I even pronounce that. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. I just almost spit out my water in your face. <laughs> no, you, you did run out of the room laughing. <laughs> Anyways, uh, it was a game that Michael brought. Yeah, recently. He picked it up. Picked it up. And first off, I like to say that I hadn't gone through the rules quite as much as I usually would like to. Mm-hmm. We pushed you into bringing so, it, yeah. Yeah, and I'd gotten through the rules and some of it a couple times, but I wasn't like super ready. So it was probably not the greatest explanation, which helped with the you guys not knowing what you were doing for the first cycle. Well, yeah. So typically when somebody goes through the rules, I normally have a general idea of how to even take my turn or maybe yeah. how end of the game scoring works. How about this time? You finish the rules. And I was wondering how I could get out of playing it. <laughs> I was in my head. I'm thinking, oh my god! I could see you looking around, looking at the kids. I have like no, hoping they have a panic attack. Yeah, or I something. have no idea what's going on. And of course, guess who draws first player? Me. And I that always works that. Yeah, way. Yeah, and it's like, okay, it's your turn. What can I do? <laughs> but once I realized, you know, eighty percent into the game what was going on it was like oh okay i understand this now it, it was it was really good i like yeah, it a once lot. once you yeah it's a really good game i really enjoy it once you do like when you're done with that first scoring cycle, once yeah then most cycles. of it makes sense and then the last age i finally picked up on like a couple yeah other it starts to come together that i had missed and... or whatever i was like oh i can build a blue and like a gray building type of, yeah. when but, i yeah. was reading through those directions i was like halfway through and then i had to start over because i had no idea yeah. I couldn't none of it was making any sense. So I read through the whole thing again and then like I did a little playthrough for myself a little bit and once I got to that first cycle of the scoring phase cuz there's three scoring phase or cycles and once I went through that I was like, "Okay, now I understand it myself." Yeah. Kind of. I like the I little taught it right away that. I like the little drafting. I mean, it's super easy game. Not like yeah. super easy, but it's once you know what's going on, yeah. it's yeah, like there's a lot of different ways to score points, yep. which I kind of like, and you know there is some strategy to where you're taking off tiles depending on what you're going for. Yeah, and how you want to surround the different buildings already on the on your board. And yeah, depending, then, you can see those goal cards after each. Yep. Um, after each cycle, how you get points, so you can like, all right, so I need you know the I need to arrange them in this kind of shape. So I'm gonna try to take off these colonias, is what they're called. Okay. So. Yeah, good pickup though. 
Yeah, proud yeah, of you, Michael. I, I'm interested to play that one again and see how. Yeah, definitely. See how a few more plays go. And yeah, now that I know the game, like a full into front, it. yeah, a full play of knowing <laughs> and what's yeah, going on. That helped me because I won. Because you guys had no idea what you're doing for a third of the game at least. <laughs> yes, feel good about that. So one Tim uh, that we played on game day was uh, a feast for Odin. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the second time I had played it. I think you played it a couple more times. Yeah, three or four, if yeah. I remember. Right. And it had been quite a while, probably four, four or five months or so. Yeah, I really like this game still. So this time I kind of went with Islands. Yep. And we did the, like the what do you call the short or beginner game, which is six rounds. I think most people played a seven. I kind of checked into that. And I liked that because that was kind of one of my things that was kind of like, eh, like having another round. And that's what the standard is what people do yeah. play is seven and i so i knew that the first time we played it you said you didn't really care for the tetris the spatial aspect of it how do you feel now about it so i like the part i do like about it is how you like surround like for the income mm-hmm. and surrounding stuff to get those bonus tiles i don't care for the rest of the spatial part of it of like just covering stuff up Oh, like part of the board's negative, so you got to kind of cover. Yeah, that I mean up that's and... fine. I, but I, I like the trying to get the bonuses and stuff like that part. I enjoy. Yeah, because it's kind of like it's an engine builder that way. But the rest of the spatial puzzly Tetrisy type, I don't really, meh, doesn't really do it for me. I know that's a lot of the game, but I like the rest of the game so much that that it isn't like that big of a negative for me or anything. Yeah. And I do like part of it because I, I actually ended up buying getting two islands or whatever. I probably shouldn't have got the second one. Ended up just yeah too late in the game I got it. But uh, so I was doing more of that Tetris stuff that, <laughs> that you don't like. More of the stuff you Good don't strategy. like. Good yeah, strategy. Yeah. But I, I like, you know, covering up the spots to get the bonuses and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's just like my mind gets annoyed thinking, okay, I got all these pieces. Where am I going to, you know what I mean? And I know you can, like, sit and lay them all out. Yeah. And, Things like that, but but it's kind of weird because I like playing Tetris on Game Boy, but that's super simple. It's just like, oh, make the stick the long one and get four, get four, <laughs> get four, you know. Right. I still want to play this game. Yeah, there's... Yeah, I think you like it. There's a lot of different strategies you can try out, and each time after we play, I'm always thinking about, okay, mm-hmm. how can I make the strategy I did better, or trying one of those other ones, or mixing a couple of them. Yeah, It's always... Thing. It's a sign to me to a a good game is one that I'm thinking like that, like one of those two options. Yeah. You know, either way. I mean that. Yeah, it's usually a you know thinking about the next day even. That's yep. like okay, I must like this game. A right lot. after we got done, I was ready to play it again, and I know <laughs> typically we don't pick games twice in a row. But this is something real simple. But yeah, not but a game I, like I was that. just kind of like kind of want to just play again. If you would have said something, I probably would have just picked it again. <laughs> Because I was, I then I would have. That's really one of those sad. games that I want to keep playing. Yeah. Sooner, you know, yeah. sooner and, and the better. Especially like when I was like, oh yeah, you know, seven rounds, that extra round. I was like, I just want to play again. I want to play with that seven rounds and like see how that is. Yeah. There's also different decks of yeah the those um those occupations. I think would take a while to get stale though. That's just right because there's not, we haven't seen nearly yeah half of those, but. I'll have to look to see exactly what those change up and whatever. And mm. if we ever got to the point where it's like we want more of the game, there's an expansion too. I know but the expansion I, is supposed to be really good. I mean, yeah. people said it's fine 
without it. Right. But I'm not exactly sure what it does. I I'm still so into just the base game that I haven't yeah ventured out into the expansion or looked into it even so. I think some people say it balances makes more strategies viable. I don't really know what's we don't know at this point uh, yeah. what's good and what's not. Right. So three plays in and I'm still getting blown out. So I think this will be another one that I, I need Ryan's well, teaching course. Yeah. I barely beat you on that one. Yeah, but you beat me. <laughs> That's the point. Well, Aaron is the top dog here. He he went from that first play, he didn't really care for it. Now he won, so he kind of think he kind of likes it quite it's a bit. Favorite game. <laughs> That's how that always works. Yeah. <laughs> so on game day, I did teach a game to a few people, a game that I played and I picked up after Origins. That was Fog of Love. Oh. So I played with Aaron at the start of game day. And then I played with one of the wet bandits, Johnny, later. And I got to say, I don't think I've ever laughed so hard playing a game that I, than I did when we were playing this. It's just wow. just the scenarios that it has in there that it creates, like the different little stories. It's just me and Johnny were just cracking up, laughing the whole time. So... We, uh, Johnny and I played, we'll give it a year. So the story was that we were not sure if our relationship was going to work or not. So we both. Sounds great already. We both agreed that we would give. Did his partner Marv, the other wet bandit, know about him cheating on him or? I don't know. No, probably not. Okay. (laughs) Probably not. I don't know if you got like them as a pair. Like they're working together. They should play that game. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was telling them, yeah. it, it would be funny. So at the start of the game, you get your profession. So I ended up being a farmer. Johnny. Oh, fitting. That's what you're turning <laughs> into now. <laughs> Besides that. So I can't remember what Johnny was, if he was uh, a librarian or something. Well, he had jiggly legs. <laughs> well, yeah. So then you have what attracted you to this person. So you get dealt five cards and... We went back and forth. I would give Johnny a card. He would give me one. So what attracted me to Johnny was he had jiggly legs, his high heels. So obviously they're intentionally (laughs) making it funny because jiggly legs. Yeah, jiggly legs, high heels, and hairy armpits. That's what attracted me to Johnny. He gave me that um, my wheelchair, my squeaky voice, and shaky hands. Was what what brought us together. So, one of the scenes that it I just lost it on was we were hiking, and you like you lock eyes because it, the the story is that we're hiking together. We haven't seen anybody for hours, and we see this field. So we lock eyes, and then we have to choose like, oh, do we go make love in the grass? <laughs> How and, you how are you how are you hiking? Well that that's exactly what Johnny said. He's like, What? You're in a wheelchair. How are you hiking? <laughs> so we're just laughing. We're just imagining that Johnny with his jiggly legs is carrying me like in a baby carrier and just he's got like a rope and a, a slide. Yeah, he's pulling me along. I don't know what's going on. It was his legs are just jiggling away. You're it was watching outrageous. them and you're getting all turned on. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
it's just one of those games you know i've said it before that it's the mechanics of it are pretty basic it doesn't you know do anything for me for that but just the story behind it and what it creates yeah, it gets it's funny. just little stories that you can imagine and i would definitely love to see the wet bandits play this together i might just pick that my next game yeah just just watch we'll watch yeah Yeah. it'd be like an old married couple yelling at each other (laughs) uh yep so that's fog of love i recommend it it's pretty good so that sounds entertaining i do have one because you guys were playing games without me i had to recruit jack to play a new game with him and that was Beyond the Gates of Antares. It's a miniatures game, and it's in. It uses the same system as like bolt action. So you draw a die out, and then you get to activate your units. But it's in space. Somehow, I'm pretty uh pretty excited about that, Ryan. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the battling system's a little different. You roll. It's a D10 system, so you roll your accuracy if you are. If you meet it or if you're under, you hit, and then your opponent's going to roll their armor to see if they can withstand the blow without taking care. And, I mean, that's pretty much it. You're just running around the battlefield, shooting each other, and having a good time. So I'm interested to check more into it. He just had the the base starter set, so it came with, like, two armies in the rule book. So we didn't dive too deep into all of the the rules on like different drones and stuff like that, but definitely interested to check it out again. Nice. That's all my new plays. I got a little news today, I think. So do I. What do you got? Well, I know we talked about one of them. That was tapestries. Tapestry? How many? Singular. One or two tapestries. The game is called Tapestry. Okay. Right. Well, I had it in my notes, Tapestries. So, Tapestry. <laughs> so, yeah, that, it, currently, as we're recording, it's on pre-order. Yeah, and I think the, the pre-order will be done. I think it's only a few days, I thought. Yeah, it's like this weekend. I think it's this Saturday. Yeah. Uh, so, by the time this episode's released, pre-orders will be closed. So hopefully you made your order or else you're going to be paying $1,500 like Wingspan. <laughs> <laughs> is that uh, is that why you were trying to force me into buying it? I wasn't trying to force you. Well, so it's funny because you started, you were telling me that you were texting Aaron for a while trying well, to like encourage he was, him. Uh, I think it'd be a good one to review, obviously. Yeah. Because he was telling, saying how he's going to get Wingspan when that came out and this is kind of lighter along those lines you yeah. know type of thing made by you know stonemeyer games mm-hmm. so it's obviously gonna have really good production quality but this one's actually designed by jamie stegmeyer yep it's so. a lighter civilization style game yeah i'd say from looking into it and abstracted for me at least at least for what i want for out a of civilization a, a civ game game yeah because yeah. i looked at some too and it did seem more more abstract than the typical did civilization you, game did you pre-order it no I oh. I looked into it like just for like half hour before I left to come here to record. Oh, so you got time yet? You got he, till Saturday. He didn't have so. a surprise. No, no surprise with that. Demacher, 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 Demacher. What surprised me when I was looking into it was that there's only a four-page rule book. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, for a for civilization a, yeah, game, that right. was really surprising. 
But but when you when you looked into the like the reviews of it or like the how to play on it, it is actually pretty basic and easy. Like as far as well, stuff you can do, as but far like as, the yeah, basic mechanics mechanics are, are simple. Right, you can do this or this. Not saying that the depth of gameplay isn't because you know like Concordia, like we had said, is two three pages. Right. Yeah, I didn't look into it a ton, but it seemed like a an interesting game. Definitely one I would want to to play at least. Yeah, and I think it was like eighty dollars, and that was like. A discount. I don't know how much it normally is. If it's like a hundred, hundred twenty, somewhere in there. I know he said it's his most expensive game, and I think Scythe is a hundred oh, really? now. Ooh. MSRP. And for how light the game yeah, is. Not yeah, not saying it's like super light or anything, but on the lighter end, it just seems. Kind of, I mean, you look at the pictures of it, like the minis. You know, you know it's gonna be great production, but yeah, yeah production painted and great. all that stuff. Yeah, so. Those pieces, look, the buildings and stuff looked. I guess really I'm just. Nice pretty hesitant about it i think it'll be a solid game but i don't think i don't know if i want to spend 80 dollars. yeah it'd be something i want someone like in the group to get <laughs> i'd like to try it out i'm guessing i would probably enjoy it yeah type of thing but it's not something i don't think that i would without get. playing it first it'd be tough to pull the trigger on that much yeah that's fair you don't know if you're 80 dollars is gonna enjoy it, though yeah that's fair i was yeah i was in the same boat because when i heard about it i was fairly surprised that it was $80 just because oh, that, that's what you discount I mean I'm well sure online it'll be as good. far as pre-orders yeah you know I, that surprised me I thought it was gonna be a little lower and I think that's probably why I'm not going to pre-order it because I I want to see I know there's some reviews out there now about it but I want to see what more people think about it instead of just because I think they only sent a few it was like a very few review copies yeah. out. So it was very limited to who actually saw the game ahead of time. Not that I don't trust that they were being honest about the game, but I like to see what kind of the general public thinks just about didn't it. Didn't like too. it enough to just spend that much right away. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. So maybe when it comes I, out, I would like and, to, you know, play a, if I would play it, you know, and really liked it, then I might, you know, spend that $80, yeah. but I wasn't so convinced watching the just, reviews exactly. I did watch that I was, would want to spend that much. I also worry a little bit, not that I don't think it's going to be a good game, like we said, but because how Wingspan turned out and there was issues with it coming back into print and people getting copies when they pre-ordered it. Get a hold of it, yeah. Yeah, so I almost feel like there's more buzz around this game because of that, because Wingspan was so hot and no one could get it. Yeah, they're and worried. Now, now people are worried that they're not going to get it unless they pre-order it. If they don't pre-order it now, they're going to be waiting over a year. Yeah. So I've been seeing a lot of hype about this game. So I'm interested to see, you know, once people do what get it. What more people think of it. Yeah. Once it comes out, you know, say in another six months, we'll see who's talking about it. It'll be interesting. Yeah. yeah, I don't like the look of the board for me. I just, just see it too much but the graphic design looks about the same as like you'd say uh for scythe and stuff like it's real clear and they use some of the same symbols and stuff but i just don't like the it just makes it look and feel more abstracted and for me civ games are like one of the rare ones where i want it to feel thematic or actually care more about the theme but something a little more unnoticed was Madeira is coming to Kickstarter on September 24th. 
Um, so apparently, what's your game? Got that worked out. There was some issues with Portugal. They have different laws there with Kickstarter and stuff. And it took them like a year to get it all figured out. But now that's hitting Kickstarter. It's going to be a collector's edition. Basically, wouldn't I think upgraded components and some expansions to the game. So I'm probably going to be back in that because I've been waiting to get that game for quite a while. It's a very heavy Euro game, but I'm pretty excited for it. Seems to be upper alley. Heavy Euro games. <laughs> did you also see that there's a new Azul game coming out? I did see that. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'll let Aaron know. <laughs> I saw that. That was actually top tapestry in the hotness just for a short time. It still is, yeah. At least till I refresh. As of this moment. Yeah. As of this moment right now. And I saw Kanban EV. That's going to be hitting Kickstarter in 2019. From Eagle Griffin. Um, that's getting a new edition, basically. They got the rights from Stronghold, so they're going to do the Enel tool makeover. Mm-hmm. Probably a few gameplay changes, I think. And Exciting times. Yep. Indeed. Is that another one you're looking to back or not? Possibly. I'm not sure. Depending on uh, how much I like Lisboa and if I play on Mars by then and what I think of that. Okay. It's the same designer. Yeah. And that's a theme that's interesting to me. It's basically about uh, production in a car factory and, like, this is for electric vehicles and all Yeah, that it's stuff. something Production different. line. Yeah. You know, there's not really any production line of car games, you know? So. Cool. Is that all your news? That's all I got. All of Ryan's news today? Yep. How do you uh, feel about us talking about a little player interaction? Let's do it. I'm in. Okay, let's do it. Hit me. What do you got? Well, why don't you tell us? You're the one that's got the strongest feelings well, about it. I'm assuming that any type of player action in any way, Tim, you're absolutely going to hate it and you'll never play the game with even a little bit of the tiniest amount of interaction. Is that correct? That's not true. No. Okay. <laughs> but if feel, you ask do you, Ryan... Do you feel like you're on the stand right now? I do. You want me to raise my chair up a little bit? <laughs> you guys can... You get Ryan, you should move on that side of the table. You guys can just grill me from <laughs> one side. Good. Yeah. So here's my take on player interaction. Yes, there are some games that have the player interaction that I cannot stand, but the interaction that I cannot stand is the take that interaction. So the ones where there's nothing you can do about it. It's just on one player's turn. They're like, Oh, I'm going to do this to you. Take that. Try to recover. That drives me nuts. It depends how I agree. That's the one interaction that negative player interaction that I don't like. For sure. But it depends how like bad it is or how much it slows yeah. you down. If it's something that hurts you a lot, I, yeah. I'm i 100% with you on that. Mm-hmm. If it's something that's pretty minor, eh, I may not necessarily mind it. But like you said, when it's something you can't do anything about, it's just hurting someone. Especially in a... If it's like a two-player game, I don't mind that as much because you're it's one-on-one. Yeah. You expect that. But when it's like, oh, there's five players and you do this one thing to one person that they can't stop and yeah. it really hurts them, like, 
like it totally messes with their game and like and you can just gang up on one person for no good reason yeah and it typically for me it seems like it's like a euro style game so if you are in the lead by any bit everyone else is like okay i'm gonna be attacking this guy which is fine it's well, it's a way to balance a game but it just because i'm focused on my engine that it almost stings more once somebody throws that wrench in there. Usually it happens yeah. more in area control games. You see who's in the lead, you take down the leader, and then usually the person in second or third is the one who ends up winning because everyone hammers the guy in the lead. There are some. I don't think all, though. Yeah. But most the of them. Euro game, I don't see a lot of like ones that really hurt somebody too much. Except a lot. You know, so there are exceptions to that, of course. Right. But. So... For me, that's the bad interaction. There is good interaction, so I definitely don't mind, you know, like worker placement style games where... Like the blocking? Yep, where you're blocked, but a lot of times you're not fully blocked out of spaces, and the games that I really do enjoy, they have a way, like Grande Workers in Viticulture, where you can just kind of negate that. Uh, Another one I like is the, like, Century of New World, where... You took that spot. It doesn't block someone else from taking it. You just have to pay one more worker. Spend a little bit more. So you have to pay one extra, and that worker goes back to the to the person that played it. So it doesn't even hurt the person. It actually helps the person that got bumped because they get that b- worker back so c- they can wait a little longer to use a turn just to pick up their workers. So that's the kind of yeah. interaction I like, stuff like that, or viticulture, where there's something you can do. You, you can prioritize, or even when... It's like, well, you don't have a grande worker. Well, if there's something where there's a way to play for first player, like with Russian railroads, you can get that first player. And, you know, it's a matter of prioritizing. If you can't do this one thing, there's lots of other things that you can still do. You're not just totally boned if you you don't get that one spot. I also, I do like the interaction that you can see coming. So, for instance, like through the ages... If you see someone building up military, there's a good chance that they might play an attack card on you or some type of war, but you can see it coming. You can kind of build yourself up. Or there are some games, so if someone plays a card on me, maybe I have a way to negate that card. So that's... Might cost you something, but you can at least... Yep, it'll cost you something. You can avoid it. Or in the area control style games where... If you see someone building their army up, okay, now I need a, I'm in panic mode. I need to build mine up because if they move to attack me, you know, I got to be ready. So for me, those are, that's the good interaction that I like. The ones that you can see coming that you can kind of avoid. Yeah, that's probably the surprise in a Euro game, like the surprise. Ha ha ha, take that. Yeah, those are the worst. Like it's it's usually with card play. Um, what I hate is like the ones where it's, you got the gotcha card. Things like it's not even it's in any kind of game. like Summoner Wars or other games where you play a card and someone has like a a banish or abolish or a oh, cancel card. Like that's just cancel cancel. Like that's <laughs> annoying because it's like you form a plan. You play this card and man, cancel. I'm just gonna cancel it. And it's that's just such yeah. a like a cop out card, like just to give somebody. Yeah. Um, so, on that note, I will say that as much as I love chaos in the old world, 
my biggest negative of the game is the chaos cards because there are those cards where oh cancel someone's card or i'm gonna play this to that's and i i don't like that game that's one of the reasons especially because you know when i first started playing i didn't know what those cards were like you guys knew what cards were out there so you knew what could be coming yeah and i didn't so like yeah i just then i never got into the game and even playing more now where i kind of get in where i I never took interest in the game so i just don't care enough to are you saying your your least favorite part is the chaos cards themselves or those specific chaos cards Probably the chaos cards themselves. It's oh, awful because that's the best part of the game for me is those chaos really? cards because they're so interactive and jostling around. It's I love it. A lot of them I like. I like. I don't like the ones that just kind of, you know, would like cancel out somebody's stuff. Like you got to pay the power though. It's not like you just get. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. So the thing for me is that now that I've played it so many times, I know for the most part what factions have those cards yeah so they're not as punishing i guess because i can kind of and you try to milk it out and wait to play some of your stuff too yeah and i can kind of play around those cards so to speak but when i know when we first started getting into into the game when i didn't know those cards and all of a sudden someone just hammering me with all these chaos cards it was like i love this game but man that that's my least favorite part of that game this is funny. <laughs> Does that surprise you, though? Well, I, kind of, because it is area control, and usually you don't you don't mind with that. Yeah, and it, like war games, people are just hammering. Because, so, like you said, it didn't bother you when people are basically playing king, like king making, in area control games. No, I I wouldn't say that. People are ganging up on the leader. So. King making's different though. So if if you get to a point where it's like, okay, I have I can attack two different people, whoever I attack is probably gonna lose. To me that's a different style. That's just kind of a in a way a design flaw. I know it happens in area control it games, but a lot. A lot of uh, more than you'd want it to. Like, it's, if it's there's annoying. games where you know what the score is. Some games you don't always necessarily know yeah. the score if there's some end of end of game stuff then it's a little bit different right but when you like i know we played a game of what is it cyclades or something Kemet, like yeah it's happening was it Kemet, yeah. it seems to happen you a lot because you could figure out the score because there's no end game stuff you could figure out okay these two people it was me and i forget who else was tied and you had to decide which one of us to attack yeah. to basically make us lose but that that's one thing that frustrates me in area control games is like if i'm out in the lead and I'm out in the lead by a good margin. It's like I worked hard to get out there, and then I've just been every well. single person <laughs> attacks you. Yeah, like not just one guy, like every guy in the whole in the whole game is just until hitting you're it. in last place. Yeah, and it's like, like I've been playing this really well, kay. and now I'm in last place. Like I don't like that kind of stuff no, either. It's like I feel like the better I play, I shouldn't. I want to be, be reward, for rewarded. That. Like hurt a little bit, one guy attack you. That's where it's like, oh, so basically, what I'm supposed to play average the whole game and then shoot up at the end that's fine sometimes but it's like you know I, I, no i play well but not too well early yeah <laughs> be the guy in second or third and then once the first place guy gets yeah. hammered down then that's why shoot a lot up. of those types of games aren't my favorite is for that reason it's not my style of game typically you know, there are exceptions but mm-hmm. honestly some, some things that i you know i do like is 
like being able to use like in seven wonders where you can use another player's resources. Like I need, I pay you to use your stuff. Um, so it kind of positive interaction yep, helps with somebody. you both. Like, all right, I need this resource, but I'm not just like stealing it from the person next to me. I'm actually giving them something and they're not even losing anything, but you know, things like that. Or like in Concordia where you pick those, whatever, I don't know what it's called. When you flip those, um, with those either the coins or for the resource like all right i'm yeah, gonna do the, hellas i'm gonna you know produce in hellas i think it's called producing where like all right so i'm in hellas so i get you know these resources, resources and everyone else gets anyone resources. else in that region can also get resources so like it it helps them it doesn't like hurt another player so you're kind of like all right so i'm gonna go here because i think they're gonna flip this one and it's part of the strategy and it's not you know negatively affecting other people yeah, it can and positive interaction can go both ways too, where it's good or bad. Like alliances, a lot of times it can be bad just because, like, say, Rising Sun. Yeah. Johnny, I don't know who it was, was partnered up with me, and I'm way out in the lead. And they just wouldn't break it. Yeah. <laughs> Those are frustrating. Yeah. Or, or like, there's an odd number of people, and like, so one person one you guy's can't just align left with out. someone. Yeah. So those type of things. So. I, it, again yeah so like it, it depends on the game and you know and so there's like specific examples of things like that that i don't like but. yeah i agree with that um but i think that comes back to the players themselves yeah just not realizing or not wanting to break an alliance when they should you know yeah, when you're, you're helping somebody, the other person yeah, it's too like, much like all right he's getting way too far ahead i need to stop this alliance because it's helping him too much even if this hurts me a little bit but some people don't want to. Yeah, and I think some that. some people sometimes I'll like tiptoe people on who I do and don't attack because some people take it personally and some don't. You know, I think some of them that have good player, positive and negative player interaction on both ends are something like Brass and Clans of Caledonia, uh, where Brass, Brass definitely yeah. you're you're basically. Ch- trying to cut people off or block them from certain locations generally they can get in there but there are certain times where you can block people off or you put canals or train tracks down um it's also positive interaction because you can use their coal or their iron buildings to feed yourself but it also it flips their buildings to give them more income and other things like that yeah i like that you know because there's a lot of strategies or tactics as far as where you place your iron your coal so that so that you know, when someone needs to use iron, they're going to use mine, and I I like that. Yep. And it's not going to stop someone. Someone's still going to you know build these things that require iron or require yep. coal, but it also helps the other person. That that was one of my examples of yeah you put, interaction that I enjoy. You put your coal that. mines down near where other people are going to be building because you know they have to use yours first because it's the closest. Yep. So I like that one a lot because it has both. But it doesn't feel detrimental to your game. No, and even like the, and it's got like you know, maybe good hurting tension. someone, you know, blocking someone off. Like, it's not the the end of the world either. No. It's not like oh now you can't do anything because you blocked me off from getting to that spot. Like, like you can work around it and yeah. things. It's not too detrimental. Clans of Caledonia and like Terra Mystica have it to a lesser extent where you can. I don't know if Terra Mystica, if you get like a neighborhood bonus for building, but in clans you do where you can buy goods from the market for cheaper when you build next to certain buildings of theirs or production facilities. There isn't Gaia Project. You get, you get like a discount when you build like a trading post Okay. next to somebody else. And I think also 
I remember at the neighborhood bonuses that you can lose victory points to charge your power tokens. Okay. So there is, yeah, when someone builds close to you. And I know you can get, like, blocked out of, like, in clans. Like, the one time we were playing with Aaron, me and Marv were kind of boxing him in. But mm-hmm. he was still able to play the game and play it fine. But it just, it was interesting because then you'd spend, uh, like, the sheep or the cows on the board and open spots up. And people would rush to, yeah, it's just, it's interesting. Yeah, and it's it's there. And that's definitely one that I really enjoy. And I the player interactions present but it's not like it's in your face where you can where you can't you know avoid it because you could see someone moving in as they're building around you yeah someone might build on a spot that you're going for but it's not like it's gonna ruin your game or yeah ruin what you're trying to do one that i i like is actually just kind of talked about city of the big shoulders where that one, you know, I mean, you're just placing down the, I don't know if those are called buildings or what those are called, but um, even if ones where you're buying and placing out the spots for the worker placement, and then, you know, it doesn't, you know, you can go on your own, but someone else can go on your own as well, but they're going to they're gonna pay you a little bit to do that. Yeah, they're they're not forced to go to your spot, but, you know, so they got to think, well, is it worth it to go there to, you know, give him something? So, you know, I like those where the other person will, will get some sort of a benefit from it as well. So it's kind of a strategic thing to put those out there. And, and yeah, just the, it's not hurting someone when you go places. Mm-hmm. The, uh, a couple other ones I like too. No, Tim, I know you didn't like it in Mubasa, but I like it in Mubasa with like the stocks, manipulating of that with the companies, that type of stuff. I'm not sure yet. I need to play City of the Big Shoulders more to see how I feel about it and that and how you can manipulate it and whatnot. We've only played the one time. Yeah, I, I liked it that first time, um, but yeah, who knows if more plays I'll have to see. But. So two games that I really don't like it in, um, and it's got that take-that-card play. One of them is Lords of Waterdeep. It's not... It's It's similar to Terraforming Mars where it's not like that bad. You get hit by, like, one asteroid to destroy your planet. So you get hit by one uh, mandatory quest in Waterdeep. It's when you repeatedly get hit by people. Because, like, yeah. that's when it gets frustrating. Yeah, it feels like you're picking on one person yeah. the whole time. Like, it just takes the enjoyment out of it for that person. Yeah. Yeah, because in that, it doesn't... you, you got to spend three cubes of a certain color or whatever the quest is... So it's not like it's going to completely derail you. It's just kind of obnoxious. and Yeah. The one game where it really annoys me is Dinogenics. Those cards were so swingy. Like, yeah. Michael could draw a card that's just does almost nothing or literally does nothing for him, and then I draw one that's going to give me, like, 12 points. Yeah. And it's... it's ugh. I hated it so much in that <laughs> You game. just had to bring that back up, didn't you? That's the one I hated it the most in, yeah. so I'm going to bring it up. <laughs> I mean, obviously something like Munchkin, but that's like the whole game. Yeah. But like, it's games where it doesn't fit. Like you got to... Correct. When you're playing the game, you get a feel for when it fits and when it doesn't, and that's a lot of that player interaction where for you, 
if it fits or doesn't fit in that style of game. Yeah, that's why in like I don't mind as much in games that are primarily like a war type game. I don't mind yeah, it. You know that's the point of the game. That's the point of the game. So like that maybe it, you know those aren't my favorite type of game because it's in there and that's not something I enjoy as much, but that's the point of the game. So it, I can get over that easier in that type of game. One game that it's kind of an to me kind of an interesting interaction is in Downforce. Uh, because you're playing a card that's going to move, you know, maybe all the cars out there or, you know, maybe move four of them, five of them. So, like, you're moving someone else up. Now, you may be trying to move it so that that person actually can't move their car. Um, but that's, you know, something where you're moving different people up, not just yours. You're trying to help yourself the most, but, you know, that's a part of it. And maybe you you always want to try to move yours up but maybe you bet on a different car so you're trying to all right what's going to kind of help them some too or you might be trying to block one of those narrow paths off or open it up so you can get through but just kind of an interesting you know interaction there where you're not always going to be hurting other people you might help somebody quite a bit some of those times because like well it's going to help them but i got to help myself so i gotta do this Mm -hmm. this should not be a surprise to anyone Let's listen to this show before that my least favorite game with interaction is Hansa Tatanka. So I this kind of does go into what I was going to ask everybody before we closed out the table talk here is what, uh, what's a game or type of interaction that is your least favorite and like your favorite, basically what works best for you. So your least favorite is Hansa. Keep going. So yes, Hansa. So the biggest reason is you're basically putting your paths out and connecting one spot to the next to get a reward. And on someone's turn, they could take three of their actions or whatever they I can't remember exactly how many you get, but you can basically cut everyone else off in the game. So then when it comes back to your turn, you either have to complete a path somewhere else or you have to spend extra cubes just to knock that cube out of your way. And then they get their cube back plus an extra one to put down. It just seemed like it, 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 cause it encouraged it so much for people to get cut off that that was someone's strategy just to completely cut people off as much as they could. And it's just so frustrating and it helps them so much more than, I mean, not that you should get something in return, but it seemed like it just helped way too much for someone else to do that. And it was just, man, that game is one of your favorites. <laughs> Bad. So for me, that and Brass are the two that have the player interaction I like the most because it's got that interaction where there's positive and negative interaction. We talked about it in Brass. like, And in Hansa, it's positive because... It's for your strategy what you think, what bonus actions you think you want to get or just those different cities that get that stuff or what you're going for in the game. The last couple of times we played, you know, Marv always tries to do it as much as he can more than everyone else. Oh, yeah. But the point of the game is to be doing that, so I don't fault him. But I would put some cubes in some different locations to get him to try to, like, act like he's cutting me off. And then I use the book action where I can pick up a bunch of cubes off the board and then put them in different spots. And it totally 
made him waste more actions than what. Because then he's got those pieces out there. Yep. Just so he had spent, there. say, four actions to my two actions, so he actually came out worse on the deal. I get that. But I feel like why should I have to go through the – why should I have to do a specific strategy just to negate That's what I, I like about it. Man. And I like that it's it's not detrimental at all when someone is blocking you. It's you just can, frustrating, you, it's though. It's pretty easy to get around it to get them out of there. You know, you just spend an extra cube or, hey, you know, pick them all up, go to a different spot, that type of thing. But I can see someone – not liking the game because for a Euro game that has some of the most direct conflict interaction. Yeah, to me, that's basically just the take that actions. Because, oh, I see you taking a path. Oh, take that. I'm getting in your way. And it just, man, just rubs me the wrong way. And you can also have it where if someone sees that, oh, Ryan's running away with the game, I'm just going to block everywhere he's going to stop him. You can get around it, though. I don't believe you. With the book, with the, <laughs> the, it's either the book or the little bag thing. I don't know. It's been a while since I played, but yeah, I think the book one is the one that lets you pick them up and move them off the board. Where that's how but that's your turn, around. though, isn't it? It's just one, one thing. Like one action is, I'd have to double check, but one action is however much your book is. I think it starts at three, but you can get it up to like five or whatever it is. Because that's, I believe, the circle ones that you pick up. But you can move up five discs on the board and put them somewhere else on the board, not ones from your supply. Okay. So that's how you get around, you know, fake someone out like you're going for that road and you go to a different one. I was getting around Marv that way. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> a little juke. Juke him out like a little mad. You're playing Madden lately. Gave him a little juke yeah. move, a little spin move. So even even though it has the juke move in there, I definitely do not want to play this game again. <laughs> I haven't gathered that at all from you, that you don't want to play that anymore. And I guess the reason I do like it is because it is not that, it's not detrimental to you, and that's like the strategies in the game is thinking about those things. That's why I enjoy it, for me. Hmm. I guess the kind that I... Have you played this game, Michael? Yes. I might have been just once. Oh, lucky you. I didn't mind it, <laughs> but uh, what the game? I I like. He's really dodging this, before. isn't he? Oh, he said he didn't mind it. Didn't he say I don't mind. I haven't played it enough to. And then he just okay. Yeah, I'm fine. All Sorry. Right. Yeah, he sees you fuming, so he's trying to. I was just throwing feelers out, just to see what he'd say, and he just. I definitely yeah. didn't hate it as much as you did, Tim. I can't say I loved it, but that doesn't surprise it's me. Kinda yeah, all in the middle on that one. Okay, so I, I don't have a whole lot to add that that's fair i'll take that but the the kind of one of the kinds i I liked the most was we talked about with brass the specifically the using that coal and iron so like you're like i'm planning to like all right i'm put coal here because that way you know this other person these other people are gonna use my coal first and that's gonna help me get points and it's not it's not hurting them really i mean sure they'd like to use their own coal but they still want to build the thing whatever they're building and so it's not going to hurt somebody else necessarily. It's just going to help me when they do that. Okay. So those types of ones, the ones I don't like are the, where you kind of, the, probably the one I like the least is where you can just kind of gang up on one person, either because they're in the lead or 
just because you feel like it and they can't really do anything about it where like you're just kind of stuck and when that player like if everybody's attacking you there's nothing you can do really and it just drains all the fun out of it yeah i think my least favorite is uh the surprise card play like just comes out of nowhere and the the gotcha cards that type of thing um (laughs) gotcha yep and to go along with your brass thing, I think that's what Hansa and Brass, why they're my two favorite ones, is because they bring good tension to it, mm-hmm. thinking of what someone else is going to do or what they want to do. But, Tim, what's your favorite type of interaction or in a game, either one? So my favorite type is, well, I mentioned it kind of briefly earlier, and that was like through the ages, that type of interaction where there are some that are, oh, you play it, and it's just going to trigger right away. But for the most part, the ones that are going to hurt you the most that get played on you, you have a round to build yourself up before you're going to get hit. So I really like that because it helps build that tension. You know, if I see Ryan start going towards military, it's all of a sudden a military race. We're all trying to race up to at least stay close to where we can play cards to prevent being and the way attacked. you're playing that game, you can you can buy some of those. You can take some of those military cards, even if you don't put them out yet. But you leave yourself like, all right, I can build stuff. I'm not too far behind in military. I can do stuff. The only thing I don't like about that game is just that that's my least favorite thing to do in the game. So when I'm doing that, like I just want to get back to building up my <laughs> science and building up my culture, you know, things yeah. like that. But I mean, that's the type I like, where there's something you can do, but you can see it, you know, right? rounds ahead they're like all right i need to make sure i get some military you know make sure i am able to build up if someone starts really building up it's pretty satisfying though when you get like i got all these cards ready for the military blast off (laughs) i play all the stuff i grab napoleon play him and it's just i I know it's i feel like a dick sometimes but it's it's like i don't know because you're way behind and you got the right cards and he is plummet right up it, and... i do like doing the other stuff like you said michael better too i don't like the military as much and sometimes i do feel bad like when i build it up really fast and whatnot yeah but it doesn't always work out either so right but so that, you gotta get the right cards yeah, to be able to it's do definitely that. a risk and then once you start going into it with that strategy you really that's you're hinging your whole game on that yeah if it doesn't right. come up you're probably gonna lose because yep. The other person's probably beating you in in science and other resources. Yeah, they got their infrastructure built right. up. Yeah. So yeah, I would say any game that has the interaction, but you can build up and prevent it, or you can negate it to some effect. Those are my my favorite style yeah, of interaction. It, yeah, where it doesn't like hurt someone too much. Yeah. Th- those ones I hate too. Where it you know, hurts you too much. Yeah. So I think in recap, all in all, it it really depends on the style of game and if it feels right which that's not a very good answer but that's it's the best we got it's at least an answer something which i appreciate so if that wraps up this week's table talk and it does let's move on to our first review that is magnastorm magnastorm was designed by baldrick and friends and published by i apologize Feverland spiel in 2018 it plays two to four players in 70 to 100 minutes magnastorm is a competitive worker placement and action selection game the game will end after four rounds 
Alternatively, the game may end earlier if a player reaches a certain number of reputation points, depending on the number of players in the game. After someone reaches the point plateau, the round is finished and the game is over, and the federation with the most is the winner. In Magnastorm, players will take turns moving a worker from one action board down to a lower second action board and take the action of where the worker was placed. Players will be moving on the board, placing labs to gain control of regions and resources while moving up different research tracks, which will give the players more resources and other benefits. The player who is the quickest to complete the objectives will have a good chance of becoming the Federation on top at game's end. So how do you gentlemen feel about the production quality in Magnastorm? I like some of the, the pieces, the uh, space turtles. Whatever those are, the I call them space turtles, but those... it actually says in the rule book that they're the space, the turtle labs. Turtle labs okay. is actually what they're called. I call them space turtles, but well, I, like, I like those. Um, some nice little pieces. Um, I don't know why I like them, but it just seemed bizarre that they were like giant turtles. I don't know why. It's probably and, just me, but and they weren't shy about it. It actually says in the rule book like turtle. Yeah. Turtle eyes. Weren't you listening, Tim? It's weird. I literally just said. <laughs> Clearly, I was not the... listening. <laughs> well, thanks for joining the show again, Ryan. Yeah, welcome back, Ryan. <laughs> nice little break there for you. I do like them. I like the production quality. I agree with Michael, though. Is this but for and... you? <laughs> you agree with wow. me or what? I don't know. What's what's who's who's saying what now? <laughs> no, just... I agree with you. Oh, that, where it was odd. They're really nice. Yeah, but they're just. Odd, yes. Yeah, I like it was weird, but I didn't. What game are we talking? About? <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> so get it together, Ryan. Also, I will say that for whatever reason, it seemed like we kept moving the turtle labs instead of the I rovers. I did all the time. Yeah, I don't know why. I was it constantly just... moving my turtle instead of the. Yeah, I probably did that five thing. times a game. But yeah, I mean. Aside my own like weird thing about the Turtle Labs, I think everything is it looks nice. The crew members, kind of the the busts basically of yeah, basically their shoulders. Yeah, the shoulder, yeah. and you just kind of you don't use them that much, pieces. but yeah, they're nice kind of chunky pieces. The player boards are good. Uh, Resources are just good quality. Cube, you know, little cubes yeah. and that, which is couple. Fine. We saw some cracked cubes though. Were a couple, yeah, some couple. of them were, but. There's enough cubes in there, so it didn't didn't ruin the entire experience by having a couple of crap yeah, cubes. Right. <laughs> I would say the the minis were nice. I really like the box cover. Yeah, it's kind of cool. They're kind of like coming through the. Yeah. Um, I did not like the board at all. I did not like the look of it one bit. Oh, yeah. nope. No. Because I like the. It's going to get into theme a little bit, but I like the space theme. But like the, like yeah the. The board and the art itself, I wasn't a huge fan of. It didn't really bring out the theme for me. Like I want brighter colors or something. Yeah, it didn't look a whole lot like a planet to me. No, it was just like (laughs) it wasn't a planet. It felt more like (laughs) a bunch of different rocks that you're hopping between. Yeah, I I did not. On a planet. I love the Michael Menzel did the artwork, and you can tell by the box cover. I really like the look of the box cover, but the board was blech for me like it really looked it. like you're in like a almost like an asteroid field versus yeah on a actual 
planet. Yeah, I can see. Yeah. 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 Just, that's weird. It seems like a, because you're obviously looking down at the planet, the storm's in the middle, and it's moving. So well, the storm's on one side of it. Yeah, and basically. it's kind of moving along. So it kind of gives that look of like shadowy, kind of a darker looking planet. Maybe you're in the shade, who knows? But yeah, I didn't I didn't hate it like you. I liked it. Yeah, I didn't hate the I, art itself. It was just fine to me. Like it didn't but it didn't really bring out the the theme, I didn't think. Okay. But not a big negative or anything though. At least for me. I would say art and components is probably the high point for me. Yeah, I would say it's got it's got good art and components besides the board. I just didn't like the look of the board at all. The rest is good. Uh, what do you guys think about the theme of the game? Well, you know, I like space themes. Yep, you're big on them. I am big on them. I'm right there with you. So I do enjoy it as well. The theme is that you are, you find this planet, and you find out that there was an ancient civilization on this planet. So you're moving around finding old relics of the civilization and moving up as you find more stuff about him you're moving up these tracks and you're also trying to outrun this big magnus storm in the middle of the board i did not had i had no idea that it was like an ancient planet with old relics and stuff like that that did not yeah it just i had no idea i felt like i was moving my rover and placing turtle labs but i did not feel like i was trying to find stuff on a planet no. Nope. no. We're just moving up on no. one of these three... Well, when we played, it was three random tracks that get these different resources. I would uh, say... very abstract. I did kind of feel like I was trying to run from a storm. I could see that a little bit, yeah. We were yeah. trying to move quickly across the map and right. get ahead of the storm type of thing. That was yeah. the one thematic part, I guess. Right. Um, I didn't necessarily like it, but... I, but I did kind of feel the theme during that part. You know, I got to stay ahead of the the storm, like yeah. move way up so that you can take your time in the next one or something like that. So right. I got the theme at least. Yeah. Did you feel like you were buying captains and then getting other administrators when nah, you move up the tracks? Nah, just... it, th- that seemed weird. Like using resources to by a captain like i don't that doesn't make yeah sense to me like and i'm on top of this track and then i get this person but then next round they can get taken because yeah it just is the theme is just pretty book yeah move on that's good let's <laughs> let's get into gameplay <laughs> all right well what do you guys think of the gameplay so Tim, one, this is one that you got this was and it was one that i looked into and i picked up at origins and I was very interested in the how the actions work. So you have a little top board with the crew members. And on your turn, one of the things you can do is you could pick up a crew member from the top board, put them on the bottom board, and then take the corresponding action. Sometimes you get bonuses. That was the part that I was really looking forward to, and I thought I was going to like it a lot more than I did. And I think the reason I didn't like it as much as I wanted to was because it didn't feel like there was much of a payoff. When I move my, when I move the crew members down and place it, it's like, okay, I can either just take cubes 
or I can move a turtle lab or move my rover and build a turtle lab. Is he taking resources or building? Or yeah, moving or something? there's like 20, 25 spots with very slight variations yeah, from each other. Pretty much the same thing. Some actions might make give you a, little, a little discount or move up on a, a little bit different, but not much. But not enough no. where I was like, whoa, this is really this is really engaging. I really need this to is think getting... this over yeah. as far as what yeah. I'm gonna do. It's like like you don't didn't even really think it was like, oh well let's just you know this you don't even have to look ahead because right. you don't really have a real plan because most of the actions are almost the same anyways. Yep. And then also another thing you can kind of look for is when you move your rover where you're going to place your turtle lab you can place it on the different colors in that region and so say if i built my turtle lab on a red circle i can move up on a red track that was not that interesting at all either because all you got was some more cubes if you happen to be highest on the track you get a commander that gives you bonuses through the round and everything that the game did, it was just very blah. Well, I would have liked that more if, like, half the the objective cards, which it's only played up to, what was it, 23 or something like that? With three player, yeah, it's 27 with three player. Yeah, it's a little different points. Whatever, but it's, and then it's four points for that first thing. Like, So that's a big chunk if you can get a couple of those objectives. But, like, half the objectives were move down on all these tracks i like it takes yep. away all your progress i like yeah res- i like building and building an engine this is like you move up on this so that you can destroy your engine and that's how you get points like it's like what's well, one thing if you have to use resources all right you're farther up in here and you got to use all those resources but yeah. then like you actually move all the way down on the track yeah. and it was kind of weird too because so when you gain any type of commander you're going to gain two victory points when you lose them you lose a victory point so say if you do that where you got to move three spots down on each track if you had a commander and you lose those points you drop down you're going to score four points but then you're going to lose a point because you're losing that commander as well so it was kind of a weird Okay, do yeah. I want to score and these points to lose this commander because I really don't care and for you could, him? Like, or... right, so you got the commander. Like Sometimes you, you could even intentionally like lose the commander just to try to get him again so that, all right, well, I got her, so she, she'll get me the two points. Then I can lose one to then gain her back again for two more. Like, <laughs> Yeah. The, I just, the, the, none of it, like, it didn't pull any of it The off. tracks were too standard. You should have, mo- moving up, you also should have got like some special abilities maybe at some point. That would have helped some a lot. Some points yeah. for reaching the top of one. Cause it's, yeah, it was like, all right, so you get this one one of your cubes, and then two yeah. spaces later you get two of your cubes, and three spaces after that you get two of these cubes. Like, it wasn't nothing great. And yeah, and I didn't like yeah, move down seven spaces or ten spaces. It's like, why? I don't... Move I, down four spaces on all three tracks. Like, and then, no, it doesn't hurt you because there are no points at the top or special abilities for certain spots because then you can start over and get those resources again when you move up. But, it but just, that's a missed opportunity. I would yeah. like to get those bonuses. And the some of those like bonuses are just slightly better the higher you get. Just like with those different action spots when you're doing your worker placement part it's just slightly different there's no real like oh, i'd like to go this spot but eh, if i don't who cares because i'll just do something else and i could yeah none of the actions seem like too consequential and then you pull off your turtles and then stuff is cheaper again it just i don't know it, like the last time we played with aaron 
basically I it was like Valparaiso all over again where I had the strategy down and just yeah. rushing out, getting those whatever those are called, those little pool looking things that you put out on the board. <laughs> Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But getting ahead of you guys with movement, getting those down—that's just extra points that I'm getting that you guys aren't. And then, right. Uh, just... One thing that would help, like you mentioned, like the board, like they're all pretty similar. Like if the that had more variety to it, or like the boards were identical, the two boards. So like you move down to one, and then you just flip the boards and yeah, and just do that this whole thing again, and the board is exactly the same. Like why? why not have it be a little bit different, mix it up a little bit? Like, it seems so easy to do that and just, nope. <laughs> and nope. Yeah, it did a lot of, it had a lot of potential because there's another, well, so a lot of times I like games that have the race to a certain amount of victory points. Do you like Valparaiso? No. Do you like this? I'll, I'll get that. <laughs> There's a lot. I would say that it's very hard to do right or good. Yeah. But the ones that do it well. Which is rare. which But they're really good because they do like it well. Culture. Yes. So I had high hopes for that too, but it fell flat again too because it just wasn't exciting. Because like you said, Ryan, what you did was you shot way up. You were able to get way ahead of the storm. And put a couple turtle labs. You were scoring points every round for the majority. You scored points because you were able to get those, whatever those are. That's the main thing is getting those, those rectangular, not rectangular, but hexagonal tokens or whatever. We you get two points for putting them out because I got so far ahead of you guys in movement that I could get them out. You guys yeah. weren't really able to. Oh, whatever that where you can. For the record, they are to... transmitter stations. Transmitter stations. <laughs> I, I could feel that. <laughs> I was transmitting <laughs> quite well. And... So each one you place down, you score two victory points each time. So you were able to get ahead of all of us. So every time you pass that area, you would just put one down. Yep. So no one else could try to rush up and p- put any because we couldn't move far enough to yeah. do yeah, those actions. getting those a couple points is a big deal in that game. Yep. So it is like there's not a – I didn't feel like – there's a lot of different strategies. Either there isn't. To... I don't think there's even two strategies. I think there's one. Race uh, ahead as far as you can. Or... Race ahead as far as you can. Get the bon- objectives as fast as you can before someone else. Mm-hmm. That's really yeah. So I will say there was one thing we did not play with. And in the back of the rules, it has that... When you finish your first game, depending on how you score, so whoever wins, you get little bonus cards. So the next time you play, so so um, Michael, you and I, we're not as good as Ryan at this game. So we're going to get better bonus cards at the start of our next game. Ryan might get one, but it's not going to be as good as our starting one. So you guys get a handicap. We get a handicap. And when you... When you explain that towards the, because we were both, I think we we were already done. Yeah. I don't know if you you told me that, and I was like, my one thought about that is, ugh, yeah, I hate that. Like, I won't want to be that on the winning or the losing side, either side. That's yeah. just because if like you start with like, all right, so I have a handicap. Like if I beat you now, whoop de do. Like I started with an advantage, so. 
yeah. I should beat you. And if I don't win, like now I feel even worse. Like, so <laughs> exactly. I'm not going to feel good about this game yeah. no matter yeah. what. It, uh, For some people, like if you're playing with people who are, you know, you've played a ton of games, like someone who never plays, yeah. maybe you're the right group. Like some people may like that, but I just like, I won't, even, I will not do that. <laughs> yeah. I thought the game was too straightforward and too light for what it was trying to do. Yeah. I think it was and the, trying to be clever, but like I, the gimmick, I didn't like the gimmick of like the two identical boards that yeah. weren't really that yeah. different. There wasn't ever interesting decisions to make or tough decisions ever. Um, the gameplay was boring. Uh, we've talked about the tracks where it's very standard. Uh, I don't know. Um, getting back to that, um, that handicapping, <laughs> I got a couple more things to say on that. Um, why not, instead of having those cards that determine what your starting resource and, you know, player order, like, uh, yeah. why don't you have it where like, like these games where you get four cards and you get to pick two to use. Yeah. Like, I love yeah. that because it's different, but like, it's not a huge advantage. It just kind of pushes like, all right, so I'm going to go for this strategy or something like that versus just like, oh, I'm worse at you in this game, so I just get more cubes. Probably because there isn't multiple strategies. I mean, you could go for other yeah, people's not... colors or yellow instead of your own. That's really the only choices yeah, you have. The basic, yeah, because the resources are yellow, which is no one's, or each player has their own. So it's obviously, it's easier for you to get your resources, tough to get someone else's. But like that's another thing I didn't like was... I want to have actual things that I'm getting like, all right, so I'm getting, you know, this or, you know, some sort of, you know, item that's going to help me, you know, something that's going to help me build something or. Yeah. So I'm going to quote the rule book, drawing and keeping artifact cards for storage. You can use one of the small plastic bags by writing your name on it. If the owner of a game allows it, you can also Take the card home or borrow them for another Man, match. I could have brought that card home with me. <laughs> you could have. I never... Well, so I opened the cards. They're in a little baggie. If you want the cards, they're yours. You could just play Woo-hoo. against Marv and you get all those cards. <laughs> but I think that just falls back to... It just feels lazy. Well, yeah, like design. Michael said, instead of giving people bonuses depending on how well or bad they did at one game, why not have it where you have starting resources where everyone starts a little differently? Or maybe you start with a commander instead of... Well, they're assuming, too, that you're going to play with the same people every single time you play this game. Yeah, that's true. Like, it's is that their, their like, gimmick for it being a legacy game? I think that's what it's trying to... You know, like a basically legacy you know, ride light, the coattails but, of like legacy games, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think, think so it, because like it's a campaign game. I don't. It know. It wasn't just, like that was their big hook on it. It was just kind of, oh, at the end of the game, here you go. Yeah, that's another one of the generic things about this game. It's a real generic. Yeah, it really did a lot of things that fell flat. That if they would have done something, if, if they would have like done a lot of a pulse. Things, yeah, if they would have done things a little bit differently for a lot, it would have just helped. What? I see Michael as we talk. It's like lowering his rating. The more I talk about this game, the more I realize I hate this game. I just see it go like this. 
Because like I, because <laughs> I I did this like I put down my rating and then I was kind of writing stuff down and then as I like I'm going through this like every single thing here is bad so like I had this rating too high like, yeah. and the more we talk about it the more things I remember that I don't like about it and like when you're when we're actually thinking of ways to make it better it's not good I mean we yeah. don't know what we're talking about but here the bad thing is though that everything this game does I mean we feel like there's something that they could do differently to make this game better. Yeah. yeah. Everything. Not just one thing. It's just, yeah. And yeah. I'm, you know, maybe some people will like these types of things, but for like, for all of us, it's not our, it's, it yeah, it, too, it really like, fell flat for, or it's not like our group. Oh, I absolutely hate any of these things except for the handicapping thing. Right. But Which like, that's none just of it, like a tacked on thing at the end of the rule book. You know, yeah, that's not, you can like, just like we did just, we're like, not doing ignore that. that piece. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but like, and all of it's just like, eh, like nothing. There's nothing that really like, as far as gameplay wise, that I liked. Like, no, if nothing, there were some of these things out. in a game where they're, you know, add some, you know, differences to it or makes, if there's a couple of these things in there, like ah, maybe it wouldn't bother me too much. But there's not, there's nothing really that draws the game gameplay wise. You ready for some final ratings, Tim? Yeah. So this was a game that you had picked up at Origins. It was. It was one that I was excited about read the rules and i was still excited about it still juiced up when we played it like we stated <laughs> it fell flat so the adrenaline lowered to me you guys ever go to the store and you buy a big bag of potato chips yes you're really excited about them you bring it home you open it up and half the bag is air or like maybe the you didn't realize it, but the bag actually had a little hole in it, so it's super stale. Well, that brings me to my next point. So, okay, you're annoyed because there's only half this big bag of chips is actually chips. You take a bite of the first one, and maybe it's stale. Or even worse, you find out they didn't put salt on the chips. And it's like, I just had this stale, saltless chip. And they could have easily added something like salt to make this game better. But they just left it out, and it's just very frustrating. You throw the bag of chips away in anger. Feed them to your pigs. <laughs> what? <laughs> I haven't so, done that with many bags of chips, but okay. So that's about where I'm at with that. So like what does an, that give you like on an the... 8.5? <laughs> This put it at right around a solid five. Okay. Yeah. And I initially had had it at a five, <laughs> but since like since we started doing this review, I've come down to a four. <laughs> <laughs> it went to four point five, and now it's gone down to four. Just the more I talk about, the more I dislike this game. <laughs> I don't think that's ever happened before. <laughs> I've never done it before. Or at least you know, no I just saw him looking up and I saw him like <laughs> scribbling and lowering. <laughs> that's funny. So for me, you'd got this game. I didn't really know anything at all about it. I saw, you know, the sci-fi theme. I'm like, okay, Tim's theme. I saw the box cover. I was like, that's a cool looking cover. Mm -hmm. I briefly looked into the game. I just saw like the minis and a little bit of what it was about. Not much at all. So I was like, oh, okay, you know, I... You know, give this a shot. This might be something cool. This game was incredibly generic. Nothing stands out whatsoever. 
So, you know, when you go to... <laughs> <laughs> so, you go shopping at a grocery store, right? Okay. And you got, Are like... Are you getting a bag of potato chips, or... <laughs> <laughs> it could be. You got, like... Okay. So, you go to uh, the canned veggies. You got, like, the Damane or Green Giant. You got, like, this, the name brand ones. And then you got, like, the store brand ones, which it's not quite as good. Like, maybe, you know... I, you got just like the Kroger brand ones. Okay. But then you got like a step lower than that where it's like clear value. It's like the super cheap, real bland. Ultra generic. Just okay. ultra, like the generics generic. That's how this game feels for me. Just <laughs> Aren't they the same product though? Not all the time. I mean, some, some generics can work. Yeah, but this one doesn't. This, this is one is of those kind of, where... Like, there's a huge difference between... Yeah. You know, the... Like pizza. Like good name brand pizza compared to like just generic pizza you can tell the difference some stuff is fine where some games are good but this one is that one where you don't want to eat that pizza that's generic brand you don't want to touch that this is what that game is to me i can't recommend this game i'd give it a 4.5 and that's based upon probably the art of the box <laughs> and the miniatures those are the only two pros i had for this game I tried coming up with something. That's all I got. The rest of it is, the whole rest of the game is a con. Yeah, because everything else, like I said, it just and those are all superficial things that don't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I think my uh... and I'm giving this a three point five. <laughs> <laughs> Has yours come down too? <laughs> it's not the worst game I've ever played. I have played Oregon Trail before, so that, the bar is set at a one there. So that's kind of always my. Here's so it wasn't that bad. Okay. Here's yeah. the question. Everyone's wondering, this or Call to Adventure? I would rather play Call to Adventure. Shut up. Yep. <laughs> now, Call to Adventure was incredibly hyped by Aaron. <laughs> by Aaron. <laughs> um, but so there is that. There were a lot of people like hyping it up as well. Like if this? you went through, like, no, not this. Oh. If you went through, like, yeah, I'm not saying I like Call to Adventure. I like it like. <laughs> It's. I'm just trying to defend Aaron a little bit. Just. It's. It's basically you're putting one piece of pepperoni on my generic pizza instead of just cheese. That's how much better I like Call to Adventure than this. You know, sometimes I don't mind having a generic pizza though. I'm talking super. How about this, in this case, <laughs> bad sauce, no cheese, hardly. cardboardy crust. Well, I mean, you go that route, but <laughs> you were just saying it was generic stuff. I don't mind generic stuff once in a while. Typically, that's what the generic, like, bottom-of-the-barrel generic. Yeah. I'm just trying Not to discredit your generic. analogy so mine sounds better. <laughs> I know. That's all I'm trying to do. <laughs> I didn't have to fix yours this time, Tim, so nice job. I hit that was, it. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. I might have went with Cheetos with no, like, Cheeto dust on it, but <laughs> but no salt on a potato chip works, too. Yeah. So I may have practiced that. No, not really. <laughs> just sat in here by myself. And so just... you're going to try to sell this game at the local game that, store? Yep, you beat me to it. I was going to say, if anybody lives in the mid-Wisconsin area... I would just give it to them. I wouldn't even try to sell it, because that's just mean. Well... Sell it. <laughs> yeah. I will take it to one try of to cut the local game stores, yep, and put it up for, for sale there. They do the... Uh, the whole where they have it on sale on their display. Yeah. Yep, on their display they sell it for. I can't remember how long they do that, but you can put it up for a certain amount of time and then you can come in and buy it. Yeah. So if you're interested, check it out or email me. Maybe I'll uh, 
hook you up with Magnastorm. If it's We've not, really been if selling it's not it, gone so already. I'm sure everyone's going to love it after listening to this. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they know they like, you know, a lot of people that listen to this might listen to it because, like, I like all the games these guys don't like. Yeah. Maybe. That's what keeps them coming back. Yeah. Well, should we move on to the next one? Yep. If that wraps up our talk about Magnastorm. So be wary of Tim's purchases now. Hey, come on. You can't just throw that out there or not. Dinogenics? Okay, so you have two on me. That's two review games, though, that we planned on reviewing. That's what I'm worried about. These newer games we plan on reviewing, and you're coming up with air balls. (laughs) (laughs) I never said I was, like, you know, the Larry Bird of (laughs) buying board games. Uh. Well, if that wraps up our review of Magnastorm, let's move on to our next review, 1775 Rebellion. 1775 Rebellion was designed by Bo Beckett and Jeff Stahl and published by Academy Games in 2013. It plays two to four players in 60 to 120 minutes. 1775 Rebellion takes place during the American Revolution. One side controls the American Continental Army and Patriots, while the other team consists of the British Army and Loyalists. Starting in round three, the game will end at the end of a round in which the truce cards belonging to all factions of one or both sides have been played or after eight rounds. The side controlling the most colonies wins the game. 1775 is an area control game where players take turns playing a card which shows how many armies they can move and how many areas each army can move. A battle will occur when opposing armies occupy the same area. In a battle, each faction will roll dice to determine hit, flee, and possible tactical retreat results. Rolls will continue until only one side remains in the area to control it. Players must play tactically to keep control of more colonies than their opponent and choose when is the best time to play their truce cards. Control the most colonies and you will win. So, Michael, Tim, how are you guys feeling about the production quality in 1775 Rebellion? I really like the board. Yeah. I think it's really really nice board. It's got the 13 colonies plus uh, two um, Canadian provinces. I think Quebec and... Yeah, a little bit of Canada. I'm not exactly sure. It's Quebec, Nova Scotia, and Maine. Uh, <laughs> You say Maine? Maine. It yeah. <clears throat> it wasn't one of the colonies. It's just funny that like oh, Canada and then Maine. <laughs> <laughs> it just there it is. <coughs> yeah, I like I like the board. It's got the different areas on there and it kinda uses the space well, so like it kinda it's kinda turned a little bit so that you know, where you have those fled soldiers is in the water there and there's a couple other things that are in there and I don't know that yeah, I like that. I like the art on the cards. I like the yeah. the box cover too. Yep. And yep, I mean, as far as components, majority is just little cubes, which are fine. Yeah, uh, I didn't I didn't mind that. Some of the games, yeah, I might not like the cube, but this one it was it was fine because mm-hmm. they're small and I don't really have any negatives. I guess. Yeah, I would say it's pretty. Like for me, it's pretty standard quality. And it's fine. 
that's all fine. Yeah. Nothing, nothing bad to say. Nothing like that really sticks out for me. Yeah. Either though. And, and one thing I like too is that, for the most part, the cards that you do play, they, it's pretty simple what those cards do. So maybe it has you know two army guys and a movement, so you can move them one. You can move yeah. two guys one spot. So everything's really easy to understand as you're playing. Yeah, very simple with those cards. For sure. How do you feel about the theme? How does it grab you? What kind of sticky meter you got going? Sticky meter? It's kind of your gimmick. I haven't done it for a while. Yeah, I know. He's but asking on you to take over the mantle here. Man. That's a lot of pressure. Your glue index. Yeah, it's People are really going nuts about it. Yeah. We've gotten a lot are of positive not? feedback. <laughs> <laughs> From who? <laughs> I don't know if I have a, a solid glue analogy for you at this moment, but I do like the theme. I I can feel it where it has kind of the push and pull of the the battles. It has the it has the dice. So depending on your faction you're playing as, the the dice are a little bit different. So maybe some units are better trained, so they're not going to flee. Yeah, I really like that too. And I think it helps with the theme a lot. The different factions, because you mentioned, you know, in the the intro, the you know the Continental Army and the Patriot militia on the the American side, but also they have the the French. They have the French regulars on their side, and the the British have the the hessians on their side as well and each of them they have different because there's basically there's there's basically three different results you can either get a hit um you can get a a flee action so your your guys run away yeah. but they can come back later but they flee temporarily at least and then the uh what was it called the command action where basically yeah. you can retreat to a adjacent spot if friendly, it's friendly yeah friendly region yeah. or but each of those they're different like the british regulars they never flee yeah, because they're um, better trained. Because they're trained. You know, the they're militia are... Army. Yeah, like both militias, on the Loyalists and Patriots, yeah, they're going to flee more because they're not a trained army. Yeah. And they're out there, so like they may not have as good a hits, but like it, each of them feel historically appropriate mm-hmm. um, for what those dice do. Yeah, I would say you're sucking on a sucker, and you put the sucker down on that sucker wrapper, and then like 20 minutes later you go to pull it <laughs> off. And it does stick. Like some of the actual the wrapper sticks onto yeah. the sucker. You know, that's kind of yeah, it, so it. It feels it. pretty thematic for me. It's not like not that you can't get it off. But, yeah, you know, I can get it yeah. off, but it is there. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like you said with the dice that, that was a little touch. Um, the board helps. Um, I mean, the the cubes are cubes, and it's nothing nuts, but it, it has the theme is there. Some and you the don't cards, have to stretch your imagination too much to feel it. Some of the cards help where the the British have some naval movement. Yep. Versus, you know, yeah. Because obviously their their navy was much you know, much better than you know the the Americans. Um, you know, in some of the events as well. You know, historical right. You know, events in there. Those the, cards. The Betsy Ross card. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going with a blow pop sucker and its wrapper for the sticky. After you've after you've sucked on it, on it yeah. for a little while, you set it on the wrapper and you come back. And not to just it. you know, put it on there and let it go. It's, no, you get, you, it's, it's, it's sitting, sitting there, there for, for 15 yeah. minutes. Okay. That works. That's a, that's pretty strong, <laughs> if you think about it. Yeah, that is. That's, that's good adhesive there. <laughs> what 
do you guys feel about the gameplay? Tim, I know you're big on this. I know Michael, you you are as well. Yeah. Definitely enjoy the game. I like it a lot. The I like that it's kind of the war game style, but it can be played fairly quickly. I know yeah, it's a simple simple enough game. Yeah. yeah, and it's simple where it's easy for a lot of people to get into it because you're just playing cards, you're working as a team as well. And cuz usually we'll play four players or that's what I've always played is the four players. You could play two players, you're controlling both factions. Yep, I think me and you played it once. We might have played it once. once. Yeah. Yeah. And you you use a different you use the same map, but you don't use I think the southern colonies if i remember yeah, I correctly remember. that was a while ago I yeah not really i don't really remember mostly i'm, I'm basing this off four player because that's what i remember <laughs> but i like the 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 kind of back and forth with the armies i know it can be a negative for some people that the cards can be swingy i i think another thing that i like is the each round you don't know what turn order is going to be and you draw the cube out now, it can be punishing because there's times where one team can take basically four turns in a row. You know, if you end the, say, if we end the first round with me and Michael going and we're on the same team, and then the very next round we get our cubes drawn right away again, that can hurt. But It can be swingy, but it's just swinging for a little while because the other faction had their two turns before you know they're going to get at least two after that. So unless the only time like it to me, it like hurts the game is when that happens in the last round. Right. That's when like, it's a big advantage to go last in that last round because like, you know exactly where you need to get to get there. But on the other hand, like, well, maybe you want to play your truce cards first so that you don't have that come up so you can end because it can end early yep. before the end of the eighth round. Yeah, and I like that, that it it can go up to, what was it, the three rounds? And yeah, after the, the third th- round, then yeah. you start checking. Yep, so I like that because there's kind of a build to that third round. After that third round, there's tension, like, okay, does my teammate have his truce card? Can I play mine yet? Should I play it? And it's kind of that back and forth. Because there's a couple parts. That one, you know, both of you have to play it. Yep. But, you know, if you're doing pretty well, maybe you want to play one. But sometimes you can be forced to because if you don't have any other movement cards and you have a truce, you have to play it. So maybe you don't want to. Like, it does build that tension when, like, oh, man, if we don't, you know, we got to get a couple of these colonies. Otherwise, they play the truce card. They could win right here. So yeah. you got to... Yeah, we're and it's, I like the the changing tactics to it because there's all these different colonies and whoever controls the most. So, and if you don't control, you have to control the you know you have to be the only person in all of the the whole colony. So like in, in some of those like they're big colonies, they go pretty far west. Um, so you know you think like all right, how are how can they get into here? You know which ones can we get into to take take the advantage or take the lead in that? Yep. Or depending what side you have, maybe you got some bolt movement, so maybe you can shuttle a bunch of troops up there a little quicker, try to surprise them a little bit, and there's just... Someone's got one of those surprise take that cards. It's not really a surprise take that, but... No, I mean, if someone doesn't know the cards and they leave spots open and they don't know the game yet where you have these movement cards over water. But typically, if I would teach this game, I would tell everyone what cards are in the game because there's really not many. 
So I would the movement card. It's something to be aware of, though, because someone can be completely off guard not knowing that exists. Yeah, you you completely leave. Right. You know, if you're the American side, you completely leave the South. Because you have a good amount in the South. Like, you don't have control over any of those colonies initially. But if you focus on that, you could take over the South relatively. You know, if you focus on it, you could, you know, can take that over. But then you can't just leave nobody down there because they can, you know, British can use their boats to get down there. Right. Unless someone knows, like, there are boats that you can bring down, that kind of alleviates that. Yeah. There's no other, like, take that type things, really, I don't think. I like the um, the Native Americans in it. Um, they're, so basically, they're going to be in an area of certain colonies, and if you move your troops into an area with them, they join your side basically yep which i think is, is kind of cool like and also you have to if you control all of it except there are some native native americans that belong to no side you still don't control it so you have to have them on your side to control it. So i think that's kind of like an interesting all right do we try to go for the the native americans to get them on our side yep um this round or do we try to attack someone else like so i, I like that and you gotta be game you gotta be careful too because if you flee and say your opponent is there with those Native Americans that were on your side, they basically flip sides. So then it's like, yep. you know, you, you, so you got to kind of... Yeah, there's some tactical decisions to make with uh, Native Americans in it, which makes it interesting. Yeah. yeah. So since we've been kind of gushing about a little bit, <laughs> Ryan? So the biggest pro I have for the game is the, the treaty cards or the idea of the treaty cards that the game... And can be early, whether it's pushed or even threatened early. I like that a lot. So a lot of the other things are pros and cons. Um, So usually it is a close game, and it's typically a pretty tense game all the way through. Even when you feel like you're out of it, or when you really are out of it, it appears to be closer or it's closer than it is. But things can turn on a dime with... The card draws, the die rolls, and how the turn order works out. That's also a con because I've been on the bad end before where it's random with the dice rolls and the card draws and the turn order. I think the main thing with the turn order, like you said, Michael, it mainly hurts when it's right at the end there. It's really favorable to have go the last one or two rounds of the game. It helps you immensely over the other team. Um, the card draws, I, I remember one time I had a card from the first round of the game. It was a dead card, basically, because it did something in Canada. And I don't remember which side I was even on, but the other side never even went into Canada the whole game. So the card I had the whole time that probably would have been on the, one of the was British doing nothing. Then. So those, those are both positives and negatives for me. It kind of just... Yeah, and... You know, I think that's one of the things. If you don't like randomness in your games, you're not going to like this because there is the random card draw, even though the deck's not that big that you're playing with. But then also, it's you're rolling dice during battle, so and, that's going to be random. And it's typically, it's not that bad, but I've been on the bad end of it, and yeah. it's like no matter what I do, no matter how well I feel like I'm playing, I'm just in this hole. Yeah, like I... I feel like a lot of the randomness in the game is I don't mind it too much because like the the dice draw for a turn order, like 
Well, sure, you can get where there's it's swingy, but temporarily swingy because obviously, if you're going earlier, the next team is going to be going. Next factions or factions are going to be going next. Um, so it kind of swing will swing back. And the as far as rolling for the the actual battling, I mean, not all the results are can you know are that bad all the time because like if you flee. Yeah, like you're gonna have a tough time winning that battle. If that b- battle is very important, that can be bad. If you just keep rolling flea after flea, but on the other hand, you're gonna you know gonna be getting those back the next time that faction goes. So they get yeah they're back out there somewhere at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it's not yeah I don't like obviously you you want to have hits more than anything and that's gonna help you the most. But it's not like you're gonna have terrible. Typically, won't have terrible ones where you just you know basically lost a game because of these rolls on a on a battle and there's enough rolling that it kind of evens out but you know there's some of that anytime there's dice rolling there's going to be some of that randomness that yeah you may not right. like and i think the most negative part of those three things i've i'm pro and con on is the card draw just having the dead card in my hand yeah like that Canada card was obnoxious having it the whole game and there's nothing I could do with it. Like maybe I can spend that card, I can move one army, one region or something. Like that's an option to do. Yeah. Um now in a different game in the same series, it's pretty much the same game. With the Vikings one Yeah, the eight seven eight Vikings. Yeah, yeah. I had one that did nothing and then the other team played a card that won them the game. And I this other card I had just did absolutely nothing and then they get one that literally won it for them and there's some other circumstances that went against us as well to help them win but it's like really like that yeah. that was pretty frustrating yeah and since you mentioned that 878 vikings they're very similar games in you know the mechanics and the dice rolling but the biggest difference is that with the 1775 rebellion that one the sides see more it's not as swingy where the sides play even. more way Pretty much the same game on both yeah. sides in 1775. Whereas in the, the Vikings, there's the, the, the British side, basically, or England, um, or Britain. I don't remember exactly the whole board there, but um, but you're the British, and then there's the Viking side. The you know, When you're the you know the British, you're feeling the whole time like you're just getting this horde, just a giant horde is running, you know, and you're always feeling like you're just trying to slow down that horde. You're getting overrun, and on the the viking side you know you feel that but you're like well we can only get so far we we don't want to stretch you know this out too far like they feel very different one you're just attacking the whole time one you're basically just holding on it seems like the games i've played that you seem it seems very close but um it just it's this is a game where the sides play very differently unlike 1775 where they play very much the same mm-hmm. or very similarly there's some differences but i think the last con i have is I'm playing more devil's advocate in this one because you guys were just going pretty nuts for it. Um, <laughs> That's it, fair. A, a lot of times it feels way too long for what it is. Um, we've hardly ever seen the game end early or very early even. Where a lot, it just it kind of drags for me. It takes a half hour longer than what I feel like the game should have wrapped up a lot sooner. Because okay. you, you're kind of you're just doing the same thing. You're going back and forth on these colonies for a number of rounds and it's like well it's kind of a push pull yeah, I mean here. I can I can see that um I I don't mind it um, but I it, what it, 
wouldn't hurt if I played a game where those truce cards were played early in round six or something. I wouldn't mind it. But, but yeah, okay. I mean, sure. <laughs> <laughs> it helps yes. with tension. You know, I yeah, I know it's not for everyone. And I'm not, but... I'm not saying I don't like it, and you'll see in my final rating, but it's... It just it uh, it could be our group just taking too long thinking about these decisions that it just feels like it takes too long for. Yeah, it, I could see it depending on the group. You know, if you got someone that's gonna sit and try to strategize the entire war, it's like this game is meant to be kind of played quickly. You play your card, move your army, roll your dice, yeah. and, and then keep going. Because usually you're not, you know, continually just fighting over these couple different colonies. It it switches throughout the game, like which colonies. You know, sometimes you're in the south, sometimes you're up in Canada, sometimes you're in New England, you know, mm-hmm. around Boston. So you know, so there's different areas that you you typically will see, you know, all right, now there's no more fighting in the south and but two rounds later there's gonna be a lot there. So I I like that helps it like each game stay kind of fresh to me because it, it typically you see that a lot that you know that you're not always fighting for those same colonies because like, all right, someone had to really build up here to attack that. Well, then I'm going to sneak into this place yeah. Um, because you're, you're not going to control like, well, one, the Americans have the entire, you know, bottom half of the board, you know, and, you know, the British have the entire top half. It's not going to work out like that in this game mm-hmm. where you're just fighting over one front. It's kind of throughout the, the colonies. You guys ready for some final ratings here? Yep. Yeah. Michael, you want to hit us out? Yeah, so you know, I would say I like the game here, and one thing I want to add is that it has a more Euroish feel to it. So if you're someone who typically doesn't like war games, you might want to give this one a try. And for people who do like war games, this is a you know kind of a you know a little bit lighter you know area control war type game that you could also enjoy. Um, Unless you're Aaron, and... <laughs> but he doesn't like area control. I know. I'm so. just. Yeah. I got to keep his input in here on what he thinks <laughs> yeah. about these games. Keep, <laughs> He's here in keep spirit with us, in memory of Aaron. You're exactly. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I like the game. It's not a perfect game, but I, I like it a lot for a, a lighter type game. And I'm gonna give it an eight point zero. Tim, wow. I rated it a little higher. I had an eight point five. I. I dig the theme. I like how it's just kind of one of those light war games because, you know, if I look at any other style of war game, it's probably just going to be not right for our group. So I don't know how often it would ever come out. Mm -hmm. But a game like this, to me, it's, you know, a lighter style that plays fast. It's a lot of fun. So I highly recommend it. I think... This is a good lightweight game to introduce someone into area control or like a very light war game, um, especially if they like the theme of it. I would probably, when you first asked me, I would probably have given this game, I think, an 8, maybe even an 8.5. I think the last few plays it's has gone down. I think right now I'd probably rate it around a 7, 7.5. So I still do enjoy it. There are some frustrating aspects for me when the luck all goes against you, but I still do enjoy the game. So, Just for the record, if I remember right, you were on Aaron's team a number of times, weren't you? No, I was always on the opposite team because I always 
he always kept losing. Okay. Oh, yeah. I know a couple times I was on his team. I know. I always played with Michael or Marv, typically. Okay. And then... The time I did lose was with Aaron. I was with the Vikings (laughs) one. But that's where, like, there was, like, three things that just... Okay. Totally. So you're, yeah. you're that one was a, it was the first play, and that that's where that card thing kind of came in more too. Like if you play that, you know that card's yeah. out there. Yeah. So you're seeing it as the other side that you win, but it's like a cheap or lucky win with those card plays. Well, it's not. It's usually not luck. It's just if basically what I'm saying, if the die roll goes against you and the card draws, and it goes for that other person, that's when it kind of feels. Not yeah. when like one of them happens or they're sprinkled here and there. It's when all, like all the bad luck or all the good luck happens. To yeah, all at once. Yeah. Don't play with Aaron the then because he's. He... But I still do like it, you know. Yeah. So. And it's right. it's light and light enough for me that I don't take it too seriously or and I find playing it. Well, if that wraps up our review of seventeen seventy five rebellion. Should we dive back into the Board Game Geek Top 250 Games? Let's do it. All right, so just a reminder to people, these are not up-to-date rankings on uh, Board Game Geek. It's just, you know, what, three weeks ago or whenever we did that? Um, you know, so September, August 9th August, is when we uh, yeah, copied 10th. it. Yeah, based on that day. So if you look at it and see, like, oh, that's not 222, that's 221, we know. We apologize, we know. Tim. Yeah, sorry, Tim. So we're going through number well, 225 through 201 today. What are we going to start with? 225. Nice. So that is Mission Red Planet 2nd Edition. Um, we've all played that. Yep, yep. Uh, nice little area control game in my eyes. Um, you're playing little ratty cards. Oh. It's got that. I did not even think of this game when we were talking about player in action. Well, you can action that you like or dislike. Yeah. I dislike it in this because there's times where you can play your card and you don't even get to take your turn because someone blew up a ship or someone did something that negates your card and it just I like the game, but I find those parts of it annoying. Doesn't bother me at all. I think they're funny. It's such a light, quicker game. Yeah, and there's only like what other nine cards? Yeah, something like that. So like, you know, every I, I think, everyone has the same card, so you know what every single person has. And like, like he said, it's it's a light enough one where if someone blows up your ship, yeah, that sucks, but that's the game. Yeah, so. I think generally the one only one where you can't really play your card is a travel agent because you have to place all your people in. That's when you have the most, like you place three or something yeah, like you, that. Yeah, and you have to put them all in one ship and if there's not a ship available that has that many. Yeah, so obviously it's, it's like you luck. really like to use that one because you can place the most guys in it. Yeah. But it seems like it happens to me quite a bit where I don't even, know even when it's not the travel agent it Maybe just it has, but I'm sure it, it probably just annoys me, so I the, just you remember. I, it, yeah, yeah, I dwell on it more. So. I like the interaction in this. It's a nice, lighthearted game. The, I lo- the area control. I, yeah, I don't always like area control, but in this game, I I like it. Yeah, it's just you a know, fun, just the, fun little game. In there, you're moving around. There's a few hidden things with those cards that you're putting under. Like, yep. it's real solid. I haven't played it in quite a while, but I 
I like this game. Yeah, it's a good filler. <laughs> this is the game that Johnny was really excited to try because every time he oh. would come over to game day, it would be set yep. up on the table, and he'd be like, "Oh, this looks awesome." Guess we should have had him sitting there and you on the outside looking in. <laughs> no, I still. <laughs> and he would never get to play. Is the... <laughs> we'd always be finishing up that. Yep. Like oh, Johnny's yeah. here. Let's put this game away. <laughs> it's one we all know you like. So yeah, good game. Real solid. Yeah, yep. I, again, I like it. Just that rat interaction. The main card part interaction. of the game you don't like. Well, <laughs> just the, yeah, the card the main... play. <laughs> it depends. Uh, anyways. Because there's there's times where you could just sit there and just not take a turn because something happened. That's what irritates me. Well, you should have planned for I, that. I I might be wrong, but I think the only time it can happen is with a travel agent. I think all the other stuff you at least do. Yeah, sometimes they can blow a ship up. So like, yeah, but that's only with a travel agent. Well, there's other ones like if a ship launched a ship up, but... early. And there's no room on ships. Well, or... you can launch a ship early. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's say if somebody else launched a ship and what you're trying to do is load. I can't remember all the cards either, but there's there's more than just that travel agent that things can happen. That well, things can ready things can happen. The only time you don't take a turn though is with the travel agent. That's the only time I've ever seen it. I, yeah. You might, you know, you're, you know, like the one with your ship getting blown up. Like if you have like a couple guys. Yeah, on there, you can your get ship gets blown up. Yes, but you still you, you got to do the turn. You got to play your card. Yeah, it. I don't know. I don't know. I think you're I wrong. Think so, yeah, I don't <laughs> believe you until I look at the cards. So, I'll okay. just say that. Okay, I think you're just blind hatred of some card plays making you. I think seethe. so. Blinding you. See, what probably happened was that I got screwed once, and it just stuck with me, and it just. I imagine I can't let it go. That probably, sounds like you. Yeah, you know, you're in right. my head. That's about right. What do you got for two twenty four, Tim? <laughs> two twenty four is Pulsar twenty eight forty nine. It's by Vladimir Suchi. It is. It is a dice placement game. It is in um in space. Yep, there you go, Tim. Yep. Space for you. Yep. This is the space game maybe you should have bought instead of Magnus Storm. I say that about almost yeah. all of these. Yeah, you know that's that's probably a pretty good bet. It. Um, I don't think any of us have played it. Nope. 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 This is the first one on the list that I haven't played. <laughs> <laughs> We're on the second game. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of a point salad type game. There's a lot of yep. dice lot drafting. Of mm-hmm. Point salad. I really like the dice drafting in this too because you kind of take that medium spot. You know. There's a basically there's a a point on it where if you take take a dice to the right of it, you move down on one of there's two tracks, you move down one of the tracks, or if you go to the left of it, it's not as good of a dice as a lower numbered dice, which I think is typically not as good, but you move up on the two tracks. I think it's player order and then what was the other one? I think some resource cubes or something that you'll have. I know it's got gyrodynes. In the yes. game, some cool little names there, like the Gaia Formers and Gaia Prodigy. We got Gyrodynes you place on the pulsars. Yeah, so, something like that. Tokens. So that part would confuse like that, me yeah. with like the terminology that means nothing to me in the yeah my world. See, then what I would do, I would just keep using the terminology just to annoy you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
and just use it wrong some of the time to confuse them even more. So <laughs> this is designed by the designer of Prodigal's Club, and he also did Underwater Cities. Um, I'm really interested in playing this game. This one looks really good to me. Yes, yeah, yeah, I agree. We'll uh, we'll see where it falls on my list later, but it's it's right up there. This one looked yeah. looked really cool. Yep, like to try it. Uh, number uh, we're on two twenty three, and that's Tyrants of the Underdark. I have played this one. I have two, but it's been a long time. I yep. have not. I believe it's set in kind of the Dungeons and Dragons universe. Is yep. it? Yep. And it's like a deck building area control game mix, basically. Okay. Like I'm not into Dungeons and Dragons, so like that yeah. doesn't. Yeah, it, it's it's themeless really. It's just art mix. Um, okay. But it's okay to me. Um, I probably like to play it about as often as I have once every <laughs> year and a half or so. Okay. <laughs> Glowing review. It's not a bad game by any means. I did enjoy my plays, but I'm not the biggest fan of deck building when it's the focus of the game, and it's got some area control to it as well. But yeah, it's to me it's a solid game, but one that's not really my type of game. Yeah, to me, it looked like yeah, it might be fine, but it wasn't one I was like I would play it, but it wasn't one I was interested in seeking out yeah. at all. So Tim, what'd you think of it? Well, so it's interesting because I remember liking it when we played it. But it's probably been over like three years. When it like first came out at Origins, we played it there. And that's the last time I played it. So I guess didn't I didn't, with you I didn't like it, it that much, but I did like it. Just not enough to play it ever again. <laughs> yeah. So number 222, we have Pirates. Uh, that is Merchants and Marauders. I'm not a big pirate guy. Really? Why is that? Yeah, I I don't hate them, but I don't know. They just they're kind of blah to me. I don't get excited about buccaneers and pirates. I'll have to look, but I think you probably own the most pirate games of anyone out of ever. out of our group. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, could, I'm not I like think of at least three. I'm not like disgustingly against them, but it's not like a theme that gets me juiced up. Like for sci-fi for you, you go just Jimmy Jonkers for. <laughs> it doesn't like do anything for me. Like for example, I got a shoehorn Fister into this list. <laughs> I pre-ordered his Essen release. That's Mary Kaibo. Yep. I mean that's got pirates in it. It doesn't do anything for me. I'm just I'm just saying. Like this is like a thematic pirate game, so that's where I'm saying the pirates don't do anything for me. Yeah, yeah. look like this one was. You can either be. You can kind of stay as a merchant, kind of trading goods and stuff, or you can become like, based on your choice, can become more of a pirate where you're attacking other ships. I don't think it's other players' ships, isn't it? Like, yeah, I'm not exactly. Is, is it other? So players? maybe you can. From what I understood, you can play as a pirate or as like a merchant. It's not right? you start that Merchants way. It's and just by how you're playing the game can right. basically. And it kind of sounded like you can go after other people or just other merchant ships that are floating around. And when you're the merchants, you're kind of doing pick up and deliver, aren't yeah. you? Yep. yep. And then if you say you attack a Spanish ship, then, then come after their you navy will have you wanted. And yep. So I don't think it was, or at least not primarily, 
wasn't you're attacking other players out there. Not, yeah, I'm not sure. But more the, yeah, than those. I assumed you could, but you Maybe know where that, that gets you. Probably, but. So the, with me saying that, I was saying this is supposed to be a thematic pirate game where that doesn't do anything for me. Hey, Michael, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that by the end of the year, <laughs> Ryan's going to be a pirate-themed guy. Want to dress up for yeah. Halloween as a pirate? Well, here's the yeah. thing. There's two Fister games that are pirate-themed, and he's going to be juiced up about a second one coming up. Yeah, Port that's, Royal, that's pretty thematic. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I mean. <laughs> so because there's more Alexander Fister pirate games, he's going to really... Alexander Fister. Yeah. He's going to really... Right. Call him by really the crush name. <laughs> say by his official name. Yep, say the title <laughs> he's, right. He's earned that. <laughs> you, got all, you got all excited when I said I wasn't like into pirates. Me? Yeah. No, I'm just making a point. Okay. Yeah. All right. You attack me about my space love. I didn't attack you. I yeah, just said you could jiggle jacking. <laughs> what now? <laughs> <laughs> this one didn't seem too bad to me. It's like, again, not one I'd probably, you know, more interested than Tyrants into the Underdark, but yeah, well, not, not one I need to play. But yeah, I don't know for I'd sure. I think it. it'd probably take a little longer than what I'd care to play. That's kind of the feeling I had. Like, I might kind of like it, but it seemed like it would kind of drag a little bit. And But yeah, I'd play it if someone wanted to. Okay. Next on the list is Hive. How do you feel about Hive, Tim? How do you feel about bees? Uh, I don't like them. <laughs> okay. There's only one bee in the game, though. Yeah. Well, there's one bee in the game. There's a bunch of other bugs. How do you yeah, feel about the expansions? Mosquito and the, the stink bug. Mosquito! And, uh, the caterpillar and Mothman. I care even less. Yeah, it's this game sucks. It <laughs> <laughs> I don't like. It. I know it's popular, obviously, but my I'm pretty sure I even said it last episode. My biggest problem with the game is that as soon as there's a bug or two around the queen bee, it's almost just you can tell you gotta... when it's going to end, how it's going to end, and it's just like uh... yeah. My I kind of felt that too, just playing it twice a really quick game just playing twice but like maybe if you played it more and you know you could figure out some strategies and stuff to kind of get your queen bee out of trouble but it just seems like once you get in trouble it's you're kind of done you got to hurry up and you know surround yeah. the other person's real quick before you're not tr you know it's just a race to do that and that didn't seem too tactical after it gets to a certain point and we all have played this i believe Yes. That's all I have to say about Hive. <laughs> it seems Sorry, like Aaron. it's really a game you could travel with easily. Yeah, I could. I would leave it at home. I would use it <laughs> if, if, like, if I went to prison. You know how they put bars of soap in a sock or something. I would have like the Hive tiles in a bag, and then they are nice pieces. Nice welding somebody with that. Heavy pieces. Yeah, would <laughs> be my defense weapon. What? What? Is what? <laughs> Maybe, maybe if you get mad at Marv some night, you can just pull well, him with the hive. I figure pieces. Aaron could bake me a cake and have hive, like in a sack in the cake, so I can protect myself. Not to play a game, but to try <laughs> yeah. to beat people with. So hive, you would so recommend, you recommend as a weapon. It. I'd recommend as a PDW, a personal defense weapon. 
You think you got to get a concealed carry license? I do to... not recommend anyone actually using that as a weapon, <laughs> for the record. <laughs> yeah, I had to put that out there. You don't want to get sued. Just a disclaimer. <laughs> Michael, what do you All got? Right. Let's move on. Uh, number 220, we got Agricola, all creatures big and small, which is not Agricola. It's a separate game. It is yep. the two-player I have not yep. played this one. This is made by the legendary Uwe Rosenberg. It seemed like it was more like a yeah, like you said, two player, the more simplified version. I think, like well, I haven't played Agricola either, but like it's sounds like it's Agricola is supposed to be very punishing. Yeah, this focuses this on basically the breeding of the animals and yeah. that part of the game. It looked interesting to me, but I just feel like I would want to play Agricola first before I would play this. Yeah, this would be fun. Like I think me and Sarah have like forty five minutes to burn or something like that playing it as like a extended filler type game but yeah i'd want to play agricola yeah. first i want to play that and then if i like that and i think i'd want to play a two-player simplified version okay but i'm not i have no plans on trying it before i actually play agricola yeah i wouldn't really have a preference if if this came up and someone would want to play the two-player version i wouldn't have a problem saying yeah i'll try that before i try but this but i would just rather play agricola play first yeah same here I guess I never really thought about that in that way. I, I could. I think totally mostly right. because I've wanted to play Agricola for a while now. So oh, yeah? that's probably part of it. And I haven't played Agricola yet. Get it. In case you haven't figured it Pick out. Pick it up. Maybe in the one, at, probably in the top 20 or something when we hit it. We'll hear he's yeah. pre ordered it. Maybe. Picked it up. Stay tuned to find out yep. in like eight episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so number 219. We have Lords of Hellas. Tim? Yes. We've got some area control going here. What do you think? I have yep. not played this. I have not either. Nope. It looks cool. The minis look cool. It look it almost looked like you when you control an area you do something, you're actually like building monuments for the gods. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't like the uh, what is, I can't think of the word for it. Uh fighting. No, the <laughs> They're uh, like futuristic. Oh, because oh, it's like a Greek theme, but yeah, I want the Greek, Greek mythology, like not the year three thousand. Yeah, like, yeah. I want the I like Greek mythology. I want the classic Greek mythology, not Zeus and he's got like robot eyes and it's kind of cool. Like a uh, like it didn't seem like the game had to, like yeah didn't have to be like they could have easily done it without the science fiction futuristic sounds and i i kind of agree with you ryan i'd i'd rather play just like if it was just greek themed but they wanted to but separate themselves from the pack yeah some people yeah, yeah i can respect I, that i can get I'm people just saying that. my preference okay are you gonna pick this one up uh i didn't plan on it oh, okay it looked There's interesting some, but... some card drafting i think in there that seemed a little bit interesting but not my the mirror mirror thrash type games aren't my typically my my go-to type of game yeah so. if, if tim presented it to me i'd give it a go but other than that yeah nah. it wouldn't be one i would refuse to play it's like eh, somewhat interesting but i'm not gonna seek it out another one of those okay well i have a surprise for you guys <laughs> what's that i did not buy this game oh wow okay. that's yeah. really wow Whew. good thing i was sitting <laughs> down for that since you blasted us last episode i had to throw that in Next on the list is Modern Art. 
It's a game from 1992 by Reiner Knizia. It's basically an auction type game. There's different pieces of art that you bid on. I think you're trying to get the most money. And there's like each of them will have, there's like, like five artists. Um, so you're basically trying to sell the cards out of your hand. And you can eventually, you can even buy the cards that you present for auction, but then you have to pay the bank, but everyone else pays you if they buy your cards. And then each round is like scored where depending on the type of painting that was sold, they're worth. So if less paintings of a certain type were sold, they're worth more points. Well, if, if, if I understood more, right, it's more, the more that you sell. So the highest number sold, you get the, like it's $30 each, where if it's the second most, you get 20, third most is 10. Oh, is that? And okay. the two least, you don't get any from. So like you're, you know, while you're bidding on those, you're trying to be, have your paintings. You want to buy those, but that are going to be worth the most at the end. And there's different rounds. So if you would, if this one, whoever, um, whatever artist had gotten points in the past, like, so there's a 20 before those add together. If you don't, if you're one of the two zeros, you don't get any previous points either. So you, you're trying to be, you know, something where your, your paintings are going to be worth something. Cause so you could end up paying something and not getting anything from them. In okay. Round. I like the, uh, the cover on it always makes me laugh it when I see head blown off. Yeah, the guy just <laughs> it just looks funny. Um, There's a lot of different versions of it too. Yeah, I know, but I know which one you're talking. Um, about. So it's something for me that I would never seek out. But if it's at a convention and someone wants to play it with me, like a filler game, yeah, I'd try it out. Kind of like the because there's four different auctions. One year, the person you know. So I it's my turn, and there's four different. You know, obviously there's five different artists, but there's four different types of auctions. I like the, the different types of auction. One, you're just blind bidding once one round when you're setting a price. So And, and all these, like, you kind of go around and someone could buy it, pay you, or you can buy it too. So it, it seemed interesting to me. Um, it might get old because it's all it is is auctions. So like, yeah, it, yeah. it's a filler. Long, but it's a filler I'd, game. I definitely want to. You know. I'd really like to play this game. I don't know if I want to buy, but I'd I'd like to find it at a convention, maybe play it a couple times and see if someone presents it. I'll play it. Yeah, I've, yeah. It's one of the ones I'd one of the most interested in at least trying it. Well, yeah. I would agree with Ryan. I would not seek it out. It does not interest me really that much. But if it's presented. So I'm going to have to seek it out but, and present it to you. I mean, I could say that about almost yeah. any game that I haven't played. If somebody presented it, more than likely I would play it. But, but so this is it's like kind a, of a... Yeah, it's this is a good convention type thing, though, because it's a filler game. You can yeah. read the rules quick, set it up, play. So, but, Michael, this one's on you. And I have yeah. not played this one. Neither have I. Because we're talking about... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think people could figure that out from context Just clues. in case. <laughs> So, yeah, so the next one we have here is number 217, and that's Star Wars Armada. This is a miniatures game, Tim. You're a minis guy. What do you got here? Well, I played and I own whatever, the X-Wing, 
Yep. So X-Wing is more of the smaller, dog yeah, the dog fighting smaller ships. So this one, it kind of zooms it out where you have like the big yeah, Federation capital ships. ships yeah, basically capital ships, basically. Uh, it was one... I, I would rather, for me, I'd rather play the dog fighting. I like yeah. X-Wing. I'm not crazy about it, but I do enjoy it. Um, I would want to get it just to get like a giant... Just uh, the models? Yeah. Okay. Like an Imperial cruiser, is it? I'm thinking of. I can't remember exactly, but the oh, the giant, yeah, yeah. Just to get the models for it, yeah. Star destroyers, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure all the which, you know, ships are in there, but yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, that would be cool just to have that. Just so, buy it for that reason alone. Like maybe the Death Star <laughs> that's the size of your house or something. <laughs> I think one of the reasons I never tried it or you know looked into it more was because we already had X-Wing and we played it. So did we really want to try out a new yeah. game like that and get into it? And, you know, we don't play X-Wing really hardly ever anymore anyways. So it's like... I can't remember the last time I played yeah. it. So. And I do enjoy it. Yeah, but... and I like it. And I'm sure I would like this too, but it's like... Yeah. I would rather play X-Wing and the dog fighting. That interests me more than the capital ship fighting. Yep. And, the, I mean, the X the little ships are in there too in this. Yeah, they but... are. But, but it's uh, more it's more focused on the big yeah yeah so number 216 uh this is small world i have played this one so have i i've played it only one time okay i've played it a number a of times um at this point i probably lucky if i play it once a year probably once every couple of years um i do enjoy it uh i'm not crazy about it but it's a good uh light little area control game what i do like about it is the different combinations of races and powers that you can mix up mix around and just using those different abilities to your advantage um, those races will eventually go and decline you might do that one two or three times during the game depending on the advantage of them and then just picking a new one and figuring out how to work those the best yeah, I like the you know the different combinations. Like they're all you know kind of goofy you know stuff too. So yep. those kind of fun fits with the it seemed kind of theme wise. And um, I like the you know the idea of you know when when to put something in decline. Um, yeah, I really like that a lot. Time, but Where, that, yeah. that's kind of fun to say. All right, do I go one more round or do I you know do that now? Like that's pretty fun. I like yep. that. Yeah, depending on the race, it's you choice. make a big push, and then next turn you put them in decline snag up a new faction and start pushing with them and yep yeah, yeah and you can still sometimes get some points um off the ones you have in decline yep. still yep. depending on how quickly people take that over because you're right. basically there's going to be a lot of like you're taking over other people's spots and stuff like that but i don't didn't mind it in this game it, one no. i would like to play again mm-hmm. um having just played the once uh, i didn't love it but i'd yeah it's a good, i'd be interested in playing again a few yeah. more times yep it's a solid lighter lighter game Next on the list is The Resistance. Played it. Played it. Played it. Boom. Yep. All right. What's Nailed up it. next? <laughs> um, but this is kind of a like a party deduction type game. You basically yep. have the two sides, and there's like, what, five missions? Yeah, usually yeah. Yeah, I think there's five missions, and then there's a certain amount of traders and loyalists depending on the number of players you're trying to figure out who's basically trying to figure out among your friends who's lying to who yeah 
and catching them yep. before traders it's too are trying late. to fail missions by doing the thumbs down and the uh, the loyal whoever the, uh, what do you call the loyal people on it are trying to pass you know say three out of the five missions yep. maybe yep. or however the rules are for that player count but yeah it's, it's, it's just a uh, fun one like yeah where you're trying to you know lie to you know, a lot of people around the table and you're trying to figure out who's lying and, you know, by, you know, all right. Yeah. So this one failed and you three were on and I, I think you're the, Tim, you're the liar on this one. And it, yeah, it's a fun, it's for a good, what it is. Yeah. good end of the night filler. And uh, I think it's, for me, it's one of the better social deduction games that I would want to play and plan on playing it at least three times or more every time you bust it out. Generally. Yeah. It's, it's pretty it's rare that one. we ever play it once if yeah. ever. And then it just, yeah, you play it a few times and yeah, nice. Yeah, like you said, end of the night, you know, people maybe don't want to sit down for, you know, a three-hour game or something, and, yep. you know, mine's going, falling a little bit, so just kind of having fun giggling and about who's lying and stuff, so. Yep. And it's a good one for even non-gamers. Like, we have it at, uh, my brother picked it up, and we bring it to our Christmas extravaganzas every year, and we'll play a, you know, a few hands of that, so. Okay, yeah. It's, uh, it's always an interesting dynamic when, my mother is trying to lie to me yeah you know <laughs> so it's always kind of funny <clears throat> yeah and like just accusing people just initially for no yeah. good reason you have always, nothing you know, to go off do of, that. But yeah you're... just you're a liar you're you're yeah. the traitor you might catch that Based guy on turning the red or sweating yeah <laughs> all right so number 214 letters from Whitechapel. There's a Jack the Ripper, yep, kind of game. Kind of, it's a one versus many. Yep, hidden movement. Yep. Basically, it's Jack, either Jack or you're the Bobbies, and the Bobbies are basically trying to find Jack before he kills five women, and then gets back to his hideout. I think so. I believe. Not sure. I have not played this one. Nope. And neither have I. And I'm apprehensive. I really like Spectre Ops, and I'm not a big fan of Fury of Dracula, so I don't know what to think. Hmm. It's one that I'm interested in. I'd play it. I would play it. I just don't know. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what I think. Yeah, it's, you know, I don't know what else to really say about it. Because, yeah. you know. It seems like a tough one like for me to like know how to think about it until I actually they're playing it to see like all right, how does it feel like feel like you're just kind of going around not having any idea what you're doing you know yep. just kind of searching blindly or it was there some you know strategy to how you're doing that and yeah yeah i'm not really sure so number 213 we have a game designed by vlada Shvatel, and that is dungeon lords i don't think any of us have played this correct nope uh, this is one I'd really like to play. Uh, seems puzzly, uh, a little heavier. Uh, really would like to play. You're basically playing the dungeon lords of a dungeon, and you got heroes and adventurers coming through. You're trying to kill them and stop them from getting through. You're basically setting up your dungeon with traps and putting monsters in there. And yep. Preparing. When I was first looking into it, I thought it was more of a dungeon crawl, but it's really not. No, no not at all. I it's... thought that initially, and like, I was like, eh, it doesn't really interest me, but then when I yeah, looked into it's... more, I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. I think it's a mathy, puzzly Euro game type thing. Um, I like the theme of it. It's pretty cool. Um, I like the artwork. 
It's got the same artist that did Alchemist and Dungeon Pets, mm-hmm. David Cockard. But yeah, it seems like a well, kind of like a Euro, but it's still set in a dungeon that's more of a Euro. There's no dice or anything like that. No. Um, and I, it was one of the, or I think like there was um, like these different spots to take, and sometimes like it would be good to go first, sometimes last. So like sounds like there's a lot of strategy in that to it that type of yeah one i'd i'd be interested in playing for sure yeah it's one i've wanted to play for quite some time he makes a lot of good games so that yeah helps me with that you know, <laughs> yeah the Tim? designer yeah i agree with you guys it looks interesting and definitely like to try it out so yeah ryan uh help us out with that okay. <laughs> all right an interesting fact is i believe in Dungeon Lords, the imps work for the Dungeon Lord, and then the Dungeon Lord dies, and that's where Dungeon Pets start. And then you're the Dungeon Pets forming your own, or the imps, I mean, having your own uh, pet oh, yeah. sh- selling oh. off the pets and stuff like that. Interesting. I've not played Dungeon yeah. Pets. It's really good. I think you'd like it. Yeah. I could see that. Maybe just because I like it, so I'm just going to assume you <laughs> Yeah, we always like the yeah. same same things. Every time. <laughs> Anyways, up next we have role player. One I think we've all played again. Correct. Yep. Um, who do you think in our group enjoys us the most? Johnny. Yep. The wet bandit <laughs> Johnny. Correct. Because he picks it almost every time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I kind of like, you know, the kind of unique where you're building a character versus, you know, using you know the the character you have so i think that's kind of fun you know the the dice manipulation yeah um when you're placing one and then you also you know kind of seeing like all right if i place this here i can use this future thing i can place one here and then flip this and the opposite side you know all that's definitely a lot of strategy or you know kind of deciding how you're going to attack the you know creating those characters i definitely really like the how you can manipulate those dice because yes, it's dice drafting, but there's enough things you can do to change the die faces even after you put them in place. There's yeah. different ways you can manipulate yeah. and move them around. And I really like that. Yeah, yeah, it's a solid game. I enjoy it. I'm not crazy about it, but I do like it. There is other dice drafting or dice placement games I would want to play that take about the same time, but I'll still play this every once in a while. Cool. Is it, is it me or is it Michael? Okay. It's me. All right. Number 211, we have a, a GMT game. It is called Here I Stand. Tim, I saw you perk Tim, up. Yeah, Here we GMT. go. Here we go. Eh? 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 What do you think? It's one of those things that looks interesting, but I don't think it would ever get played in our group. Yeah, this doesn't look interesting to me at oh, really? all. Yeah. It's like a... 16th century like Martin Luther yeah like the religious and yeah. political holy wars type thing you know Protestants versus the Catholic Church and six to eight hours or maybe yeah, not I'm exaggerating but I know it's a super I don't know I think super it long, was long really game. long yeah like maybe I won't hate it but like for how long that is I just not yeah. the theme does not interest me in the least for those war games for me I I need to be in I need to be into the theme, and this is not one that I'm interested in for me. Yeah. This is one where I definitely wouldn't want to play it simply for that reason, because for that long of a game, 
you know what? Yeah, I'll play something else. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It didn't seem like a terrible game, but based on the length is why I wouldn't want to try it. Yeah, and I guess that's what I was looking at because it's a, it's in that card-driven system, which I really like. The theme, don't really have a preference one way or another on that, so that didn't pull me in that much. Um, but, yeah. We're, we're it, like Twilight Struggle. Like That's a you know card-driven game too, but like it's a theme I am interested in more than this also plays a lot you know yeah. shorter you know time but yeah so on to another super long game we have yes. number 210 Oni Tama I have not played this one yet it's at least expected to play, uh, play at least five at least minutes eight hours <laughs> oh five minutes yeah five yeah, minutes um, yeah. I've played it I just only thing I regret is playing it and the <laughs> fact I can't forget about it um <laughs> I didn't really like it, obviously. So that's my take. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of like a spin-on chess kind of. It's a smaller board. I don't know if it's a 5x5 five five or yeah, something like that board. You're kind of trading off powers throughout the game. Yeah, there's five cards that are used throughout the whole game. One is in the middle. Two you have. I kind of like the idea of, all right, so what you play, you know your opponent's going to get that card next so they can play it. So there's some strategy in that going on. I just didn't. It wasn't interesting to me, the strategy. Oh, you did play it? Yeah, I played it with Aaron. Ugh. That was when we were playing Through the Ages, okay. and he got to play it. That was one abstracts. of the stinker abstracts. No, nope, that, he... that was not then. Okay. I played this Oh, that wasn't that, really? I think Origins played this. Uh, really? Yeah. Sorry, so. Aaron. But yeah, it wasn't one I was... Yeah, I like some abstracts and that. Um, this, I'd play again, but I wasn't a huge fan the first time I played. Just th- those different... Some... Uh, like Shobu is like to me way more interesting on that versus the movement on those cards. So I think Onitama is the one where the Hive, the Stink Bug expansion came into Onitama. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of that, what would you prefer, Onitama or Hive? Uh, got you stumped there. Bowl of rice checks. You, I'll just eat a you bowl gotta, of cereal. You gotta answer the question. I guess Onitama, because I remember that less than Hive, <laughs> so maybe it would grow on me. That's fair. They're both pretty quick, so either way, the yeah. pain would be done yeah. in short order. Up next, we have the Manhattan Project, Energy Empire. This is number 209. I have played this game. I, I have. own it. Yep. We all have yeah. played it, not have owned it. It is my favorite of the Manhattan Project series. Of the three? Of the three. Or well, it's yeah. there's little ones, but yeah, it's Yeah. I've only played this in just Manhattan Project. And yeah. I, I do like I only played it once, but Energy Empire I've played more and I, I do I like this one quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um worker placement. I really like the the workers, you know, placing them out uh, and like you can you can kinda be off the rounds might be a little bit off. You know, I might have picked up and have all my workers when yeah. you may have you know half your workers left. So that's kind of cool, when to pick up those workers. Yeah. Yep. You might be stalling, wait until Michael picks up his workers so you can go to that action spot and not have to spend as much. Uh, yeah. You, I like the theme the, the with round, like the round. pollution or whatever and the environment and all yeah, that. Yeah. Like the it's different types. Like of, the look of the game. Different types of energy you can have with the dice, where there's mm-hmm. the 
the green dice, the you know the brown oil, the and you know they create different amounts of pollution, but some have more energy and that. So like that's really I really like the looks of those, and it's an interesting part of the game I think too is yep. getting those. It has a little bit of that Manhattan Project feel where you can kind of combo or basically engine build where when you take an action, you can also take some actions of your building cards where you can spend a bunch of workers at once to do a bunch of actions. But yeah, I really like this game. It's a solid one. I always have fun when I play it. Yep. Agreed. Yep. Now number 208, we have Sid Meier's Civilization, the board game. This is one I have not played. I'm in that same boat. Yep, same here. I would like to play it. Um, I heard there's two expansions, and I think one of them makes it all uh, facets of the game poss- strategies possible to win. I can't remember which one. If it was economy, I can't remember. I shouldn't say because I haven't played. You can go to someone's capital and take over their capital. Yeah, I think it's one like culture, most money or gold or something like that. If yeah. you have a lot of that or. But yeah, this is pretty heavy. This is one I would like to try out. Um, obviously, the war aspect seems kind of weird to me in it, but why do you say that? I don't. Know, I'm just used to like. I always just think of Sid Meier's Civilization, and this is called that. Yeah. So in, in that one, like, the units are all stacked. Like, you got one. I, they can't do it in a board game. But, mm-hmm. like, say uh, I got ten units in there, and I'll have, like, your that unit will attack and destroy them. It's just, it's hard to explain. But do you think you find it weird as... Because you played the computer game, so it doesn't yeah. quite translate, so that's why. Yeah. You're... Okay. But that's also why I want to try this out because I like the computer game so much, and yeah. I yeah, I don't know a ton about this game, but it's definitely one that I would like to try because I like those civilization building, kind of the, you know, I always love those games where you're starting with nothing and building up, right? That's so, what a civilization yeah. is. That's correct. So. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I don't know a whole lot about the game either, but same same boat. And yeah, I think the same thing too. Like I haven't played it a, or haven't looked into it a whole lot, but would be interested in in playing. Agreed. Playing that. At number two hundred seven, we got Rococo. Tim, you and I recently played this at Origins. Yes, we did. Uh, I enjoyed it. I did too. I think I we kind of we kind of both had the same thoughts, where it felt a little repetitive by the end of the game, but I've been, I I still want to play it again. You yeah. Know, every once in a while, I'm like, oh, I I could go for playing Rococo. It's oh, a yeah. fun, fun take on the deck building. I enjoyed that and the other aspects of the game. Yeah, kind of a dress building. Yeah, you yeah. make dresses for a ball building. type of yeah. thing. Like a different kind of theme, but I yeah, you get the material. It seemed like you got the materials to make the dresses, and you're trying to get like majorities and things, and you get points for yeah. certain. Yeah. Kind of score depending on where you are in. Where rooms. you place your dresses in the yeah. rooms and stuff like that. So, simply, there's a lot of, a lot of different ways you can, a lot of things that, to do. So, kind of like you can't, can't kind of do everything. Kind of one, kind of uh, like that, or I you can't go every way to score points. You have to focus on certain spots to score points. But there's not, okay. as far as doing different actions, there's not like tons of actions okay. that you, yeah, 
do. Yeah, this one seemed like I'd definitely one I towards the top of my list as far as games I'd yeah I'd be interested in playing. I think the main complaint we had was it just felt rinse and repeaty. Where the first three quarters of the game it was good, but then the last quarter was kind of like well. If it was a little shorter, maybe, or just right. more options than something to do. Yep. Okay. But it's still a solid game. Well, that brings us to number 206, and that is King Domino. Yep. I have not played this one. We have not played it. Uh, we have played Queen Domino. Yeah. So, so it's the aspect of laying the colored tiles and just scoring on how many of that color you have in a certain patch yeah with the crowns, yep, yeah. With the crowns on is what you're going to score on it um yeah i mean i'd, I'd play it uh after i have played queen domino i don't think i'd want to play this yeah just in the queen but, just added more like it, if i'm playing with someone that's just starting into board gaming or you know i still enjoy that aspect of the game so i'd, I'd play it yeah there's just the, like the tile drafting part of Queen Domino, if you played that before, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but you know, Queen Domino is a very you know fun game. This one seems like it would be pretty fun too. Again, same thing where if I played with anyone who's done any gaming before, just play Queen Domino. But first ever game for somebody, I'm sure, I'd play King Domino. Yeah, I, I I really like you know in Queen Domino the drafting, tiling that that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. You know, you know, put it in your little grid. Um. You know, making that all fit and trying to get those, you know, everything about that's in this game I like. Yeah, just, they just, I like what Queen I like what they added. added yeah, so. which isn't a whole lot, but I like all the stuff that they did add. Yep. Oh, number two oh five, we have the Burgle Bros. <laughs> we got a little, little heist game, little caper heist. Yep. I'm not sure if this is actually Burgle Brothers, but I'm calling them the Burgle Bros. Yeah, Burgle Bros. Well, it's bros. It's not called Brothers, so. Bros. B R O S is short for brothers, so I'm not but, sure. But it's either way. I'm bros. calling it bros. Yep, me too. It's bros. We can call it bras. Burgle bras. Burgle bras. <laughs> you just had to sprinkle it in. Oh yeah. Yeah, kind of a co-op game. It is right up your alley. Here. here, here, here. <laughs> what? You're a big co-op guy. What was that? What'd you call me? Ryan. Oh, I thought Easy I heard bra. Aaron in there. Easy bra. <laughs> we'll see if he edits that out. It's gone already. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like a, is it three levels? And it's four by four um, squares um, that you're kind of going through. And there's like a watchman that's kind of, you know, basically you got to avoid the watchman and, you know, try to investigate all these different tiles you're trying to basically find is it a safe? I think yeah, I think that's how it was. Was it on each to level get, or something? Yeah, in each level, so you got to get to the safe. Mm-hmm. Like the part that was interesting to me was the how you crack the safe. So basically, you got to find it, and then you can use turns to either place dice on it, or then you have to roll. And based on the other cards in that, basically the column and the row. You know, so you might, or I think in the row, like you have to get, say, a five, a two, and a one, and you got to shake until you get that. So you could either put more dice down, so you're shaking instead of one or two dice, you're shaking three, Mm -hmm. or you can shake the dice to try to get the the numbers in that combination. So I thought it was kind of neat. 
and then get to the next level. Yeah. You know, kind of do the same things again. Um, to your chagrin, Tim, I would like to play Burgle Bros. Uh, really? I like the theme. I like the artwork oh. on the game. So I'd like to give it a shot. I was definitely not expecting that. This one that. looks interesting to me. I was not. Me. I was ready for him yeah. to just to just tear right into it. <laughs> yeah. One thing, like, I wasn't sure if I'd like is just the, you know, you, the kind of remnants of the the setup for it because it could take you one turn. It could take you 16 tries to find the safe. Mm. But even when you, if you find the first one, I guess you still would have to open some other tiles up just to get the combination, I guess. But so Ryan, there was recently a Kickstarter of the. I think it's second edition. I don't know. I don't no, think it was second. Think it was, it was like casino, basically yeah, it was like Ocean's casino. Eleven knockoff. Is what I looked oh, at it okay. as. Oh, you you looked into it, huh? I just saw it on a banner when I was looking at oh, Board Game okay. Geek. I think. No, I'm not Without looking into it at all. It's a ripoff of Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> that my instant like thoughts when I saw it, basically. So you did not back it? Nope. Okay. Not yet. Or Number, is it done? I, don't I know. think it's done. Okay. Yeah, I think it's done. Number 204 is one you're big on, Tim. Yep. Oh, and also, I would be interested in playing Burgle Brothers as well. I don't know. Burgle Bros. Burgle Bros. Burgle one Bros. Please get it right. Tim and I play the Origins, and that is Flamme Rouge. Yes. You're big on it, right? No. I don't hate it, but I... I thought you said it was your favorite game. There's many other... Ever. Filler racing games in this genre that I would just play first. Okay. I had a lot more fun with it than you did then. Unfortunately, Aaron's not here to back me up on this. So we can just assume that he agreed with me? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we can go back into previous episodes and just put in Aaron's thoughts. <laughs> uh, no. No. <laughs> and I have not played this game. Yeah, you're not missing so, anything. You, so like you, a, you like it. Race. <laughs> yes, you would. <laughs> so it seemed like a kind of a deck unbuilding game where you have two different racers. One's kind of a sprinter. One's more consistent. And you're... It's more like um, you're kind of trying to work with, you know, stay in the pack so that you can... I don't know if it's called drafting or whatever. Yeah, you're drafting you're, along. You're basically drafting. It's more trying to stay with the group for a while and then maybe trying to break away, but then you're yeah. using your you know, your higher powered cards and then you're gonna have more you know, the wind. Yeah, you take like, fatigue. You don't take really fatigue, doesn't really do anything to you. Clogs up your hand. Yeah. Something like it clogged up your hand. Yeah, it clogs when, it up quite the a bit. game I played it never had any detriment to anything I played. <laughs> Well, the fatigue, and I took the most fatigue out of anyone see, in the game. You say that, but instead of drawing your higher cards, you're drawing more fatigue. I still had plenty of high thing. cards to play every time. Yeah. Hmm. I'm just saying. No, that's fine. The gimmick of the game didn't do anything. It, for me, like the the theme's a little bit more interesting. Just the the bike racing type of thing seems a little more mm-hmm. interesting to me, and like. You know, the the drafting and the pack tactics of that kind of stuff is I was fooled that is kind of interesting that as well <laughs> to me so I wouldn't I would like to try it so I'll, I yeah I'm I'll telling you I think you'll like it I don't I'm, listen to uh, I'm very less than convinced that I'll like the game but it was definitely <laughs> one I was interested enough to play it and give it a shot okay yeah you haven't convinced me yet Tim that yeah. I'm gonna All like right. this game I also wanted to try it. towards no but 
I don't want to try it again. Wow. Number 203, we got Battle Line. We got a two-player Reinic Canizia game. Uh, is got this a, lot a GMT of... game? It is. Oh, wow. Yeah. Tim, you love that game, didn't you? I think the rights <laughs> are over to... They may still have it now again. It, it bounces back and forth, and then they're shot and totten, which is like the same thing, just okay. with a different theme. Yeah. Actually, I think they just came out with like a second edition of so Battle maybe Line. they got it, it back like then. Better art or something on the cards. Yeah. I played this one once. Yeah, we got a, we got some high tension, high stakes yep. poker going on here. We're playing uh, basically little mini poker hands on each side of uh, these flags. You either need three flags in a row, control the win, or five total. Um, you just yeah, it's it's. What is it one through ten or something? Yeah, there's six different colors. I can't remember how many okay. colors, but yeah, it's one through ten of so we'll say six colors, and you're just trying to form the best little. Poker hand, poker whatever, hand, yeah. basically a mini poker hand. Yeah, I think it's three cards that you can play. Yep, three oh, cards okay. on each side. There's little uh, leaders, um, tactic cards you can play, which change up the rules of the game, basically as well. Yeah, I don't remember too much. I'm not sure that I like the little tactics things. I almost would have rather just it's, it's played good. without, but I don't remember it enough. Yeah, it's a good one. It's quick, mm-hmm. so it's just kind of a quick little filler. Yeah. You know, I think last time we played it, Ryan, you and I were sitting around waiting for yep. probably Michael to show up. So we just yeah, figures. Yeah, you know, we just played a quick game of yeah, it. No, you you hopped off to a hot lead and then you crumbled near the end because you couldn't get the right. Yeah, it, it seemed like you're getting all like just tens, like, and I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah, right away I was drawing really hot. <laughs> you had like three flags before I even had one, I think. Yeah, and then I just crumbled. I couldn't. <laughs> it was just like through the ages. Yeah, well, <laughs> really, like any game, I start off fairly strong and then i just crumble i just can't yep. i need my closer You're a sprinter it's, it's marathon not a sprint yep. Yep. you know sometimes i i can time it right where i sprint and i can you know tail off and win it's very rare get it ju- you know hold on just long yeah. enough before the collapse yeah. and the worst part is usually i can see the collapse coming and there's yeah. nothing i can do to stop it it's just like it's oh, already no. too late it's like he's running the mile and he thinks it's an 800 and he just blows all his yeah. energy right away and or it's like like i'm what? drowning you got two more laps i can I see mean, that's a little more dark keep... yeah <laughs> it's same, almost same the top time. but you're just out of energy i just can't yeah just, just sinking just gone anyways but anyways number, anyways, <laughs> number two Tim, uh, plays all games you can just fluctuate yourself into a puffer <laughs> fish yeah and just get to the yeah. surface <laughs> i could i could well maybe anyways we got number, number 202 is antiquity okay michael's just gonna skip me then all right, I'll have you cap it off then, Tim? <laughs> I think Ryan went twice. I think Ryan skipped. Yeah, one. I've just been <laughs> I don't think we have an exact yeah. order here. But... No, this guy uh, ever civilization ready. game. Who's ever ready? Yeah, this is a splatter game. Uh, super heavy. Probably takes quite a while. Uh, I would like someone to lay it on the table at a convention, present it to me, teach me the rules. Who knows it well, and I'd like to play it. Okay. That, that, just saying. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because there's things about it like, you know, civilization games, like the worker placement, resource management. It just seemed like it, it like seemed like it would be really, really fiddly. Yeah, like, tons yeah. Tons of like uh, tiny little chits and stuff. Yeah, I'm not that, super interested in it, but I'd like to try it once just to try it. Yeah, like I wouldn't put any effort, like, like I'm, I'm with you that like, I don't want to put any effort into like learning the game or something like that. I think this would take a lot of time to like 
figure out it's not like we're gonna just go to a convention and us pick it up and read through the rules no, and no. like the fiddliness of it just seemed a little too much for yeah. me yeah so i know i've said it before i'm gonna say it again i would try it i'm not super interested in it but if michael bought it and presented it not gonna happen i would play it nope this Tim, is towards the bottom of my list of things i'd like what's to play. The last one on the list here. The last one Let's on round it out the list two oh one is above and below. Have you played this? I have. It's been quite a while, but I have played it. Quite a while for me as well, and I played it only one time. In fact, as I was going through this list, I didn't think that I had played it. And then I started <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. looking at a review and they're explaining the rules and it's like Okay, yeah, I don't remember that. And then as it got a little further, I was like, "That looks familiar. Maybe, maybe I played like near and far, and these are similar." Because I didn't, I don't know anything about near and far. It's like, and it's kind of similar. Then I was like, "Nope, nope, I've played this game. Yep, <laughs> it's been so long that I don't, I didn't remember much about it." Yeah, I've played it quite a few times. Uh, me and my wife played it quite a bit there for a little while. We have since waned on it, but it's an enjoyable game. A uh, nice little storytelling adventuring type thing is kind of interesting so yeah, i like the kind of the resources and like i think as you as you move further have the more resources you get there's you can have more points the yep further along and you can stack them up because you can only have uh, yeah you can stack them up like say you get a certain amount of black gems or whatever it is they get all get stacked in the same spot if i remember right it's been so long since i've played but i think that's how it works is like fish can only go in the fish spot and as you put them out the farther ones you get down and then the more you have on there obviously that's more points hmm. but. the the thing i like the best about it was the story element of it because i always for whatever reason every time we played it i would always do the actions where i can go to adventure yeah, yeah. and do that because it i was it's the funnest part of the game yeah yeah, like the different workers you have are some are better at adventuring and yep. that than others yep. too. And I, I kind of like how the, or I don't know if they get exhausted or what it was. Yep, they gotta sleep in beds, or if they don't have beds, yeah, they yeah, get exhausted. Right. I think it was uh, they can drink some cider. I think to get them up and moving in the morning, if I remember right, how it worked. Yeah, interested in playing that one. Get tired. Interested in playing that one. Yeah, but I played it. So of all these games. First of all, how many have each of you played out of these? Yep, I've played 12. Uh, yeah, I have not played 14. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I asked. I'm going to guess you've played 11 then? Yes. <laughs> I've played 9. 14. What? He's not played 14. Okay. And he has I... played 11. Yeah. He didn't answer my question properly. <laughs> All right. Anyways, what is your favorite of the bunch, Tim? I would say Manhattan Project Energy Empire. I will second that. Really? Really? Dual, really? dual win? We might have a try win here. Come Don't on, Michael. Down, down. Oh, man. That's tough. I'm going to go with Hive. No. <laughs> um, it'd be. We don't even take it seriously. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be Energy Empire. You know, Mission Red Planet's up there too, but yeah, I that think, is close. But but that was yeah, that'd be my favorite. Some of these I've only played one time, so I don't have a whole lot to 
Mm-hmm. I don't rate a whole lot of games that, especially quick ones that are one play, like that I did enjoy. Yeah, it's like played small it once like, a year and a half ago. A great idea of how much I like it, but favorite that I have played. What would you least want to play from this list? Well, is it just out the of games any? you haven't played? The games oh, you haven't okay, played. Okay. What's the one you least want to play? Uh, probably Antiquity. All right. I don't think anyone here is going to be presenting that to you. That was a close second to me, but number one is Here I Stand. I'm going to go with Here I Stand as well. Okay. If it was a shorter game, say it's only like a couple hours. Four hours instead of ten hours. (laughs) If it was only four hours, it probably wouldn't be the least, but eh, still. Eh. Of the games you have not played, what would you most want to play? What are you most interested in? I have two. Playing or picking up. I have Dungeon Lords and Letters from Whitechapel. Okay. Dungeon Lords is up there for me, but didn't quite didn't quite make it. I'd really like to play Modern Art, but again, another one that I, I don't know that I would want to play it more than like a couple times. Um, so definitely not the highest on my want-to-buy list. Um, but number one game on the list here it would be Pulsar 28. 49. Michael, you hit the nail on the head here. You got yes, Pulsar 2849 <laughs> as the one I most want to play for sure. Considered picking this up on and off since it came out, basically. You definitely but, should, yeah. Uh, my honorable mention, I'm going to let you pick that up, though. You got to get one for are each you? list. Are you going uh, to let me? I do yeah, have a couple of honorable know, what mention. A, what, a, what a guy. And that is Dungeon Lords, so I'm with you there, Tim. Yep. Okay. And then uh, Burgle Bros. Yeah, like, I just wow, did not expect no. that to be on your list. I didn't of either, but I very I top liked games. the little theme and I liked the art and because I was interested in playing that one too. But I was like, well, Tim might like that one, but Ryan's not—he's yeah, not going to like that's that. What I it's definitely not one I would pick up, but I want to play it. I guess two I would want to play and pick up are Pulsar and Dungeon Lords. It still surprises me though that I thought for sure you'd be like, well, it's it's co-op. I don't know. Uh, it goes to show I can always I can always surprise you yeah, once in a while. You're, yeah, you're fluctuating. I, I still got yeah. stuff left in my my sleeve. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, did not expect that at all. I was like, I thought you know Tim you'd you'd play this or you know some other yeah. people might play this in our group, but I thought you know Ryan's not going to want to play this. You're gonna you're gonna have to late him. pledge. It's higher on Ryan's list than mine. <laughs> yeah. it seems like so. Burgle Bros. Yeah. Burgle Bros. All right, any more questions on those uh, games there? Or no, that's all I got. got um, okay. I'm gonna give us a little little post game wrap up here. Ooh, well, I always look forward to these. So our contest for Istanbul ended. So yeah. we are starting a new one. You guys, we got something to announce here. We got another giveaway. Whoa. We have another a, one? We I have just, a, it's unreal. Just what giving away games left and right. Yeah, seems seems a little dangerous, but what do we got here this time? We have a copy of a hot new heavy Euro game. Uh, we're going to be re- reviewing this puppy in the next episode. Ooh. The game is City of the Big Shoulders, and we are including the Burden of Destiny expansion. Ooh. What you're going to need to do for a chance to win this giveaway is join our Dual Win Games Board Game Geek Guild. Sounds simple. We are Guild 3471. 
So go to boardgamegeek.com slash guild slash 3471. I'm going to ask you to go to the forum section. I will have a thread posted. It will be titled Ryan's Roundtable. Nice. He's running oh, with boy. it. Yeah, he's <laughs> he trying to pick up. <laughs> uh, come on now. I'm trying to explain uh, what they need I, to do. I love when I presented it. He didn't want me to nope, go with Ryan's Roundtable. not on board. We, we convinced them. Yeah. Start, we need t-shirts. Yeah, we need t-shirts now, buttons. We need the whole... Yeah, really promoting this Ryan's Roundtable. Okay, yeah. so <laughs> there's going to be a thread posted, Ryan's Roundtable. You need to go into that thread and post a question you would like us to answer on the next Ryan's Roundtable. We don't know when that will be, but I want to get garner up some questions. So do all that. And you just gave yourself a chance to win a brand new sealed copy of City of the Big Shoulders and the Burden of Destiny Expansion. This mm. contest will end on Friday, October 11th, and we will message the winner through Board Game Geek. And Board Game Geek, you know, for those of you who don't know, it's a great website to check out board games. It's free to sign up. Yep. Kind so. of by far the most popular database. It's got yep. every game. Yep. The really yep. active people in the forums and the yep. threads and whatnot. You know, Not some... so active in our guild, but I'm trying to well, pump that up a little know, bit. We're changing that. <laughs> and if you're interested, you can check out the Board Game Geek top 250 games that we were talking about. Yep, exactly. And um, again, we probably will be reviewing this very shortly here. So we talked about it a little bit today, but you know, get a little bit of a year of idea of our thoughts to see if it might be something that's interesting to you um, yes so definitely do that yep. check it out who's uh is anybody eligible to win unfortunately we're not that rich um, okay. we don't make many any money off of this podcast so well, we can only ship inside the continental u.s the other problem is that michael's agent has been a big stickler about him being on the show so we've been having uh Pay his contract a little more, so okay. Yeah, it's between. It's not between me. It has nothing to do with it. It's my agent. He handles that, and um, well, I'm blaming you. Yeah, well, it's my agent. Talk to him. So, dual winners. You can email us at dualwingames at gmail dot com. Join our board game geek guild. It's boardgamegeek.com slash guild slash three four seven one. You need to go there to enter the contest. Check out Ryan's roundtable. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Dual Win Games. We need some reviews on uh, iTunes, Tim. We need some five stars. Yep. If it ain't five stars, I don't want it. <laughs> I'll take a one star. It's fine. I don't mind. <laughs> so one star, Michael. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Five star, me and uh, me and Ryan. So with these uh, contest questions, um, you know, if you got multiple ones that you want to ask, that's fine. Is it just one entry per question? No, it's just one entry total. Okay. Um, if you want some non-board game-related ones, that's fine, too. But try to have at least one board game-related question. Yeah, just fire and away. If, and if you got some other stuff, just throw it at us. It's Ryan's Roundtable. It's open to, yep. Yep. It's just, open to anything. Just unload that Gatling gun into the, the forums, and it's going nuts. <laughs> yep, just whatever. You're not... We're not picky about what kind of questions you have for us. So just... <laughs> We're desperate for questions. <laughs> just throw them in. Please! Anything. Just ask us anything. Can't think of anything else. I'm sick of uh, going to Aaron and having him uh, ask us questions. <laughs> How? Um, so the winner, are we going to read their question or are we just going to read every question? Well, basically, 
I'm hoping we garner enough questions that the next time we have a roundtable, some of those will be on there. There might be some on the later roundtable, but just okay. so we get some. And the the questions might be enough for a full table talk in themselves mm -hmm. if they're in depth enough. So, yeah, okay. Uh, Again, so, not necessarily uh, board game related either. So exactly, you know, you, know, you want to ask, oh, who's your favorite superhero or who'd win in a fight, Batman or the Hulk? I mean, I think we all know the answer to that. But if you got some weird, wacky stuff like that, go ahead. Just right. open the floodgates. <laughs> But you do need one board game related question to be <laughs> entered. It could be vaguely board game related, but it has to be somewhat. It has board to be a related. decent yeah. question that we would consider. Like, it'll be funny. Everyone will ask, "What's your favorite game?" and then just rifle off like eight <laughs> non board game questions. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm hoping for. So I think we're gonna see everybody in two weeks for another episode of Dual Win Games, a board game podcast. Wonderful. On episode 20's Table Talk, we discuss how do you teach and learn a game. We review City of the Big Shoulders and Twilight Struggle, and we go over our top 10 heavy games. Whoa. <laughs> that sounds like a, a really great episode. Heavy. You keep using that word. Is there something wrong with the Earth's gravitational pull in the future? Oh, man, it's getting late, you can tell. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's pack it up. Yep. Let's begin. Yep. So it begins. Well, thanks for listening. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, if there's anyone out there yet listening to us, we appreciate it. Uh, Give us a five-star rating. Go to our board game. Keep <laughs> I always wonder this. How many people like actually listen this far into the episode? I do. I know you do. I know I do because... <laughs> You know, I find it interesting. If I, not on the episode, I do. You don't even listen to the episodes. I haven't listened to a single one that I've been on. <laughs> I've heard myself talking once already. I don't need to hear myself again. <laughs> I like to listen to tell us how much we suck. <laughs> <laughs> but like the little like bloopers I put in after the music fades. Yeah, a that's like reel. the only part I will listen to probably on this episode. <laughs> see what you got. There's always a little I treat at the good. end. Yeah. Hope it's something good. Stick around. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Beacon. Well, good. Keeping it open. Get out of here. <laughs> you thought I was bad. It's nothing special. Just, I'll so, probably screw up the way I want it to come out anyway. So. I normally screw up mine, so <laughs> Michael fixes I'll it. I'll fix it for yeah. you. The hairless cat, though, that was gold. Yeah, that was... And the, you know, the Sagrada one. Yeah. Okay. A, a broken clock's twice. <laughs> <laughs> right twice a day. Yeah. I screwed that up. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> you got a lot of editing to do this episode. <laughs> On episode 20s, Table Talk. Oh, it's like episode 20s. <laughs> the way, uh, why is that plural? <laughs> we discuss... You know, how do we do that? <laughs> Am I wrong there, Michael? <laughs> that was a longer pause than... That was, that's how the Rushmore yep. thing went. <laughs>